we're recording. Look at that. Hooray. Wow. Uh, welcome. You are listening to Thoughtless Casual Gaming. Uh, we are Brett and Jace. We talk shit about games. We play games. And that's pretty much the extent of this podcast. So you are listening to what episode are we in, Jace? Uh, two. Are we doing the season two, episode two? Are we doing episode 18? Oh, we have are so we many doing... choices. Well, I made the last one season two, episode one. So I feel like we have to continue. Or oh, I mean, we don't have to. We can just mix it up, right? We can just, <laughs> this is now B. <laughs> episode B. <laughs> season X, episode B. Yeah, we don't have to conform well, to your, you know, season and, and stereotypes. <laughs> Uh, you're listening to a thing. Congratulations. Well done, you. You know how to use Spotify or YouTunes. YouTunes? iTunes? I know how to speak. iTunes, your tunes, their tunes, our tunes. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. It has been way too long. Too long. Yeah. And here we are, sitting in different houses. I know. It's just it, life is kicking me in the proverbials at the moment um and it's just the inconsistency i've i've since discovered and i should know this because i've done it before but apparently having very sore humans and being responsible for them just fucks your social life and your ability to sort of get into any kind of routine it's funny that because you have one and then you forget all that stuff. Like the moment they grow out of it, you forget about it. Oh, life was back to a new, like I had a normal and that normal involved me basically doing whatever the fuck I wanted from 7 PM onwards. Um, that has changed. And, and now, oh, now you can do nothing. Fuck. So it, it's literally been this inconsistent world where this episode only happened because miracles happened here. And I happened to just message and go, look, we may have a window of opportunity. If we can drop everything tonight and just record things, <laughs> things may get recorded because that's how we're living. Well, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that I don't need to look at your ugly face while we record. Look, if anything, it's probably better for both of us. Um, <laughs> um, so it's been it's been a spell. What are we talking, like six weeks? Mm, it's been that long? God, it, fe- it feels like that long. I don't know if it has been. What are we now, March? And, like, and oh, yeah, no, nah, it's it's probably been 14 years. Yeah. Um, have you done anything since our last episode? Look, I have a, a very extensive list of things that have happened, and I'm not sure how much of it counts as me doing. Um, so, I mean, well, let's just – because I had to make notes, like, because it's been that long mm-hmm. that I had to actually work out. Um, and you'll discover really quickly that, what I've kind of done with the inability to do much in the way of hobby, I have decided that the way I can stay involved in the hobby and engage and everything is to prepare for when I have more time to do more hobby by purchasing okay. things. <laughs> so on this week's plastic crack. Oh my God. So let, let's go through the, the important stuff first. So painted. So in the last mm-hmm. six weeks, like I did a little bit more on the Blood Bowl Owls, not heaps, but just a little bit more. Just, um, and I made, I made the mistake, like I wanted to get the paint scheme right. So I did the lineman first, but that meant mm-hmm. when I played games, the positionals were the ones I couldn't tell apart. Um, 
(laughs) And they're the ones you want to know who they are. Yeah. So anyway, lesson learned. We'll move on from there. Um, What else have I done? So uh, Mark from Fresh 3D Prints um, has basically been doing a bunch of different models for people and he has a habit of printing extras and he's decided that he could then paint and sell those as well as his uh, sort of, uh, you know, just printing on demand service. But because I just needed something easy and quick to paint, he just threw me models that I didn't have to think about and they didn't have to match a scheme and I didn't have to worry about. So I got this random kind of fishman kind of guy. He's got like a a shield that's made out of a, a ship's steering wheel, whatever the fuck they are, um, and, and a trident. Um, and it was, you know, kind of cool. So I, he was a rando um, just a couple of nights to get some some paint on something to keep me in the game. I did a random infinity guy because, again, they paint up really quick and easy. I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, I saw that one. That was good. Yeah, he was. You and your white. I don't know how you do your white for that. I, I bought things. Um so we'll get to how I did this. So um, the moral of the story is I've discovered the joy of white ink. Um, and then secondly, the joy of oil paint. So mm-hmm. both of those things were kind of how I'm doing the infinity thing. Yeah. I think you were talking about that last time we talked about infinity um, 10 years ago. Yeah. And I mean, it is one of those because the, the sculpts are really kind of the detail is really crisp and, and thick. Like they, they kind of really easily lend themselves to things like um, edge highlighting and, and heavy kind of pin washes and stuff like that. So they just, again, this was like a couple of nights of just throwing paint on something for, to keep the, the hobby juices alive when I could. Um, so I also base coated a bunch of stuff on a lunch break once uh, for infinity. So I just got, some paint on a lot of things so I can start painting things one day, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also... Yeah, you're still working from home, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, theoretically... So it makes it easier. Well, makes it easier to get paint during a lunch break. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know people that do do it during, like, like take stuff to lunch and do it. I don't know. I don't think I could. I mean, I've got my setup here. I've got all my paints in front of me now and everything's in its spot. It's exactly where I want it to be. And the idea of moving some of that to another place to do it in a different scenario, just nah. I fucking hate having to relocate painting shit. But this also kicked off because I was chatting to somebody in the Hobby Homies Discord and they were like, oh, why should I buy an airbrush? And I happened to be close to my lunch break and I, I sent him a photo of you know black models and then I sent him a, a photo of like 15 base coated models I went, and that's why this was half an hour ago <laughs> um so that was that was the other thing that kind of kicked me going um other stuff that happened um and I can't remember where this sits in between last episode and this one but I got Captain Marvel and Peter Parker Spider-Man done for Crisis Protocol mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I believe we talked about Peter because I think we were talking about how much better the spider symbol was on him than on Venom. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, cool. Disregard. Um, and this is where I'm at. I'm like, I don't know what I got done then and what I got done now. And 
other stuff. Um, and then the rest of it was I like I primed some stuff, like that counts. I, I threw some rattle can primer on some uh, wood elves and lizard men for Warmaster. So some mm-hmm. teeny tiny little 10 mil models. I just sprayed an army's worth of those to get some undercoat on. And that's where they've stayed. Um, and the hobby homies had a bit of a paint hangout session in their discord that I managed to sneak into for a couple of hours the other night and got most of Black Widow done. Excellent. So, so that's what you were doing. Yeah. So I was painting her up. So that literally went from undercoat to where she's at. She needs another hour or so just to do face and clean up and things, but is is pretty close to, to where I'd like her. So that's the painted at least for me for the last however long. It's basically a couple of rando things more than anything. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Paint on model, any model is good. Well, you've been doing and, a pretty good. Yeah. 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 Look, I've, I'm still, what are we now? That today is the 27th of March and I am still putting paint on something every day this year. So... It's still that that, that streak hasn't been broken, and I'm quite happy about that. And um, it's re- resulted in I think what was it last year? I said 86 models I got done. Yep. I think it was. Uh, so my rough target for this year was 75. Thinking, okay, well I'm not going to get close to you know I might not hit that 86 mark, mark, but if I hit 75, that'll still be good. I'm on 53. Yeah, and we're not at three months in yet. Like, no, not quite. That's so. That is a- that. Just that little bit of time, having, you know, whether it's five minutes, whether it's an hour or two, like having that time set aside and and being able to just dip a paintbrush in something has definitely paid off. It's amazing. It's like that. Thing, you don't realize it's happening until you look back and see what's being painted. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're getting heaps done, but then you look back and you've got a shit ton of stuff painted. So just, and again, I think it's that having everything ready so you can just sit down, dip a paint, yeah. brush in. Having this, this workstation constantly set up, that's something, I mean, definitely when we were building this house and I was living with my mother-in-law, it was very difficult to get any painting done then because, you know, you have to get everything out, stick it on the table, which is then used for dinners and whatnot. And then, you know, you've only got a limited amount of time before you have to start packing everything up. Here, I just don't pack up until I finish the model. Yeah. It's the best, and the paints are all out, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah, everything's just kind of there. So you can just you sit down. That's that's the effort you need to put into it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm in a, a similar boat, but it's just yeah, finding time. So, I mean, apart from that, the three D printer's been running pretty flat chat, but most of that I printed some sort of buildings and stuff. But again, ten mil scale terrain. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been pumping out bases so uh, a lot of the the war master models are available to 3d print but you don't get a base mm-hmm. with it so i know a few guys that have all invested pretty heavily in um 10 mil armies and all need bases so i've just been running one day and night printing bases for the last however long um which is super boring but very practical um how does that work like with war master how many models to a base so the way it plays out is you usually get sort of five or six models on a little kind of strip all stuck together Mm -hmm. two of those sit on a base 
So the bases are like two by four centimeters. Okay. So you get 10 to 12 models on that little base. Mm-hmm. Um, and then three of those bases make up a unit. Gotcha. Because, yeah, I've still got my old epic Chaos Space Marine box here somewhere. And those little guys, you'd stick five of them onto a small square citadel base. Yeah. Yeah, so they these ones have got like a specific, like it's these rectangles sort of, as I said, two by four centimetre bases, but um, it varies a little bit depending on what, you know, where the infantry and stuff, but most of the time you're talking sort of, you know, 10, 12 models on one of those, um, mm-hmm. and then three of those bases form a little unit of dudes. So there's a shit ton of tiny people to paint. Um, yep. But yeah, I, so, I mean, when an army has, you know, 30 bases, 60 bases worth of dudes. And I've just been, the printer's just been going flat chat, um, printing bases for a whole bunch of people. So if we're counting and you're painting 30 bases of dudes, five five guys a base? 10. No, 10 guys a base, that's 300. Yeah, my 53 doesn't look too good after all that. I feel like if we, if we convert it into a raw surface area, because, I mean, they're, they're – 10 mil, so it's (laughs) three of those two kind of would, if you scaled them up, right, you'd have to scale it up three times to to make it single by, if that helps. I will say that, like, in my paint exploration, no, that's not the right word. In my little quest that I've been doing, um, there's been times which I've gone, oh, I've just finished that model. I don't know what I want to do next, but I've got to get paint on something. Uh, I've started a little bit of work on a Forge World Great Unclean one that I've had for years, which had been undercoated green and nothing else had been done on it. And so it's just been kind of you know, a couple of dry brushes on it, started work on, on the little skin that's breaking apart. And so if I ever manage to get that finished, that's going to feel like a real achievement. And again, I feel like that's more than one model. Like I, it's, it's, it's a lump of plastic, man. Huge. You could really hurt somebody with one of these. Yeah. And not just from the horns. No, it, it, it's a weighty tone. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Could bludgeon someone to death with that. <laughs> um, yes. What else has been happening? Look, I actually, uh, uh, in all this joy, because I haven't been able to actually sit down and paint because I haven't had two hands free because one of them's had a baby in it. Um, I've watched more television in the last however long that I ever want to again because um, <laughs> I feel so unproductive. But I literally have burned through both seasons of The Mandalorian, all of WandaVision. I'm up to date with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I did three seasons of Avatar, The Last Airbender, started Cobra Kai, a couple of really shit movies. What was that one with the the moving, rolling cities, the eight other cities? Oh, yeah, no, the I know. The that. Peter Jackson one. I watched that. Um, I wish I hadn't. Um, Mortal- it was pretty. Yeah. Mortal Engines, yes, yeah. It was not good. Uh, pretty, but not good. Um, yeah, I saw that at the cinema. I'm, and I don't get to the cinema very often. Oh, I'm sorry. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of scenes at Ink Master, just for shits and gigs. So it's terrifying how much television I've watched in the last however long. Like I've been doing a little bit. 
but not as much as usual. Like my regular go-to at the moment is um, eight out of 10 cats do countdown. Yes. I uh, do appreciate. Oh yeah. So seven thirty every weeknight, I'm usually watching that. Um, but I have been, I've been watching a little bit, but yeah, nowhere near as much as you. No, it's literally been, you know, there was, there was a stage there where um, Finn wasn't sleeping sort of between the hours of eight and midnight um, unless you held him. So I sent the wife to bed and just turned the TV on until Netflix judged me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Are you still watching? Yeah. You don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, I managed, as I said, both seasons of the Mandalorian finally, after all that nagging, I thought I'd better do that. Um, Mm -hmm. thoughts, not terrible. I mean, it was, it was interesting though, because I think I started watching just as the whole Gina Carano kind of controversy thing kicked off (laughs) and I had to just like, was that, Oh, do do I care enough about this to stop watching? But I, I powered through, um, but that was that controversy has been going for a long time. He reached ahead recently, but it's been going for a long time. He kind of yeah raised its ugly head, and I, I wasn't sort of you know paying attention for a long time, but it kind of just exploded just as I started washing. Um, but look, I, I really appreciate a a Star Wars universe kind of deal that isn't just Star Wars. Like it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Like it it actually gives, you know, some other characters. And I think they did a really good job of creating an interesting character in The Mandalorian. Um, I I also really just appreciate that it was, it's almost a streetcar named Desire and it's just like always rely on the kindness of strangers um, across the whole thing. Um, But that was, it was cool. Um, If they, look, it's one of those that you, now I know what I'm in for because I'm still not up to date with the Star Wars movies. No. Probably don't need to be. No. Um, and I don't really have a super urge to get up to date. But if they threw out another season of that, you'd be like, you know what? There's enough interest in the characters and there's enough interest in, in everything else around this that it'd be worth it. And I'd like to see now they've kind of resolved it, what they would do with another season. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I don't know what sort of time will have passed between seasons two and three, whether they jump sort of straight back into it, which would be interesting because all of a sudden you've got a TV show which is not, you know, my crazy babysitter. Um, It's, you know, it would give the Mandalorian some time to, to really come into his own. But at the same time, I mean, the the book of Boba Fett's going to come out, mm. and that I am interested in. That that could be it. I mean, it could literally be they they drop this where it is and just pick up the story with Boba. Um, I don't know. I'm curious. Well, it's going to be both. So okay. apparently, apparently, there is a season three of Mandalorian, but book of Boba Fett is not season three of Mandalorian. It's different entirety. Curiouser, I'm. I'm interested. Look, I'm also interested. I also really appreciate that they dug a little bit into the Mandalorian sort of culture. The, the mm-hmm. like they actually got a little bit into the the law and the background, and that they actually you know, gave you some more insight into just. I feel like a lot of the Star Wars movies are so vast 
Like they're huge. There's these massive breadths, so you don't get to go deep into any one little subject or topic. Yep. And this gave you a chance to actually do a deep dive into something, which was kind of cool. Um, not as cool as WandaVision. Let's just... No. Look, WandaVision, I loved, say, the first six episodes, really got into them. Last couple kind of drifted off for me, but yeah, it was satisfactory. Yeah, they kind of... I, it just didn't quite have the the Marvel standard. It, it felt like the first few episodes, especially the ones that were doing the, um, you know, the kind of take on your old sitcoms, it felt like they were doing that level of quality or that style intentionally. And I felt with the last episode, particularly or the last couple, that they were trying to do Marvel cinema style quality and just not quite hitting the mark. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's that's kind of how I felt too. Um, but I'm super keen to hear, see how this ties into the MCU and and where we yes. go to from here and all that kind of fun. So I feel like, you know, because they're not, as far as I know, they're not doing another season. It was a one-off. Just mm-hmm. do it, drop it and go, and then they'll continue with whatever else. So, yeah, so I don't know if, I think next big film is... Is it Spider-Man or is it Doctor Strange? I think it's Doctor Strange. I can't remember. Doctor Strange. I know, I know Wanda's going to be in that, and that's yep. you know where this was all leading. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting because, I mean, there was a lot of talk from the actors about having a Mark Hamill-type surprise bigger than the Mark Hamill-Luke Skywalker thing. I I did hear a, a funny commentary on that because I think it was Paul Bettany that um, kind of dropped that as a, oh, I can't wait, I'm going to be acting with this amazing actor, mm-hmm. rah, rah, rah. But, of course, in that – and uh, are we allowed to spoil things? We're allowed to spoil things. Screw it. Um, Spoiler in alert. That, in that um, last episode or last couple of episodes where we get white vision and you've got mm-hmm. Paul Bettany acting with Paul Bettany <laughs> – whether he was referring to himself. <laughs> That's, I hadn't thought of that. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, because I was, I mean, I heard, I heard about the big guest. I think I heard about it through the, I've forgotten her name, but Wanda. Um, Elizabeth Olsen. Thank you. And then Quicksilver shows up. Mm-hmm. And apparently he wasn't the big surprise, but. I've watched all the episodes. I still haven't seen The Big Surprise. No. Um, I don't think there was one. I think it was all, <laughs> no, I don't think... all a bit of a mistake. Um, nah, well. Yeah, look, there's still there's still a number of unknowns out of that and things I don't think they've answered, like like the Quicksilver piece, right? Is this... Yeah, they're, they're going to have to do more with that, especially if they keep um, Evan Peters back for Quicksilver because, I mean, he he was the better Quicksilver, definitely. Uh, Kick-Ass guy was not anything special, but then again, Age of Ultron was not anything special anyway. So I really, I need them to bring at least some mutants into the MCU. I'm- Wonder and, and Quicksilver were supposed to be mutants, but because Fox had the rights to the mutant Word. You're allowed to use those words. So they had to get... They were, yeah. And the hardest bit was, right, is not only that, but they had to then come up with alternative 
backstories. So you can't mm-hmm. really then go back and go, oh, no, actually, once they now have the rights and be able to actually start using mutants, it's you can't sort of undo that easily. Mm. But, I mean, the big backstory, especially with, say, Wanda and, and Quicksilver, is um, the most common story in the comics is that they are children of Magneto. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you're getting to that point now where where the big thing about Magneto is that he is a Holocaust survivor, which would make him, what, 90 mm. minimum? And like, Unless you go, oh, well, he doesn't age like other people do because of his mutant ability or something. the iron in his blood. Uh, it's, it, yeah, they've sort of, sort of got to start coming up with their own backstories and whether whether we get down the line that Magneto is still their father and he was from or whatever country you, they were from. You take it, you take the easy route and you just go grandfather. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Know. But still, you know, you can't have Fassbender doing Magneto if he's supposed to be a grandfather. Yeah, it's too hard. I give up. That's a, yeah. that's a problem for Marvel Studios. <laughs> <laughs> they can think of it. We'll just watch it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much apart from buying copious amount of shit and I'll rattle this off really quickly because it's fucking silly. (laughs) Um, this has been the other thing I've just been like, here's all the stuff I can do when I actually get time. So I bought a bunch more oil paints, about another seven or Mm -hmm. eight of them just to round out the colors I wanted. Um, some different primer. I want to try the Badger, uh, airbrush trimer. Um, my airbrush shut itself. So I also needed to get a couple of O-rings to, to fix that back up. Um, some shaker balls, little stainless steel ones to chuck in some, some paints here. That was unexciting. I like them. Yeah. Um, Vallejo metal color is finally back on the market and it's the greatest thing in the world. Um, it was off for a while. I'm not sure if there was a supply issue or whatnot, but I that has literally just come back into the country. So I ordered like a couple of silvers and a gold and a copper and whatever else, and I'm so damn excited for it. Um, brushes. I have a habit of really wanting to try different brushes. So I bought some Recab. Um, I bought a couple from Neef and Art Basics because I just ducked into Geelong Art Supplies. One of the few days I actually went into the office. Um, also picked up some ink. So some white ink, as I mentioned before, from the the whole painting, white infinity mm-hmm. shit. And Payne's Grey, which I've decided is one of the greatest colors in the world. Payne's Grey is kind of like a, a bluey grey colour, I don't know, but for, sh- mm-hmm. for shading white, it's happy days. It's like, it's not black, but it's great. Um, what else? Where are we up to? Joe Sonia Magic Mix. Got a big ass bottle of that. It's basically a flow improver, drying retarder, medium thing, but it's good and it comes in a giant bottle for next to nothing. So I bought a big ass bottle of that. Um, then we're on to model. Oh no. AK ultra matte varnish. I keep hearing wonderful things about this varnish. Um, so I bought that it's for the airbrush. So that was great. Um, then we get into models. So, uh, I had a brilliant idea for a conversion slash project. So I bought the Necromunda Orlock gang. Mm hmm. Um, yes, yes, this story. And this, I don't know how it happened. There was basically one night. I must have been bored because I found myself just scrolling through options 
for Necromunda gangs. I don't know when I decided I wanted a Necromunda gang. I don't know how that happened, but I literally had the the Cordor, um, the Vansar, and the Orlocks all sitting in front of me. And the Cordor models are fucking amazing. They are glorious, like gothic candle creepy dudes, and I like them. Um, but I found myself thinking that these would just be great for other conversion projects. Like instead of Necromunda, like who who uses models for what they're actually intended for? I would <laughs> like to use them for lots of other things. Um, so we decided not to use them for Necromunda. So I'm not bored of painting them. Um, the Vansar, I think the models themselves are again, absolutely gorgeous, but I just couldn't come up with a fun theme or idea or anything for a paint scheme, a, a kind of, you know, how I was going to make them my gang. So mm-hmm. they were, they were some really cool models. I, I think they'd paint up gorgeously, but I just didn't know what I was going to do with them. And the Orlocks and the Orlocks are kind of less interesting just by themselves. They're kind of vanilla, right? But so they're, the house of iron whatever the fuck but this kind of industrial um working class kind of gang and i thought what would be fun is if they have to create and manufacture all this stuff they also need to get it from a to b and how much fun would it be if they did that via some kind of shipping but like sewer shipping kind of deal which would make them like sewer pirates and that's kind of where I ran. The idea of a sewer pirate or lock gang just tickles me in all the right places. And then, you know, digging a little bit further into it, the leader can get like a some kind of servo fist thing, right? Or as I like to think of it, a claw, a hook. Yep. So he can have a hook. Um, the One of the heavy options is a harpoon launcher. How perfect is that? Um, They've got a giant wacky two-headed hammer thing, or as I see it, an anchor. Um, So it just kind of lend itself to this whole thing. So the Orlucks are winner ended up with. I bought the box. I will do something with them one day, and that's kind of where I'm headed. Um, Which one gets the peg leg? Somebody will, I guarantee. I've got to work out how the fuck to make um, little tricorner hats and shit. Because you've done peg legs before. Yeah, and it was kind of easy because the the sprues, the you know, sometimes they throw a bit in the middle to kind of stop the box crushing. There's like a little peg. Yep. Snip that off. I'm looking at a couple of right now. Snip that off and stick it on someone's leg. And, I mean, it was easier last time because the leg was really big and chunky. I might have to be a little bit more delicate this time. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, I finally picked up. Storm from your good self for mm-hmm. crisis protocol. So she is finally remembered. She, she's now undercoated too. Um, I got a whole bunch of wood elves at 10 mil for Warmaster, Um, like at 2000 point army worth of those little bastards. Um, mm-hmm. And that I, I, I kind of, I didn't exchange goods or services. Oh, I did exchange goods or services for that. So instead of actually paying money to get these printed. Are we keeping this PG or not? Absolutely. Um, okay. Wait, what What can you say in a PG? Anyway. Um, <laughs> no. Um, so 
I, I basically the deal was I could get all these printed, but in return I had to paint the original fellowship from the Lord of the Rings games workshop collection. So the original uh, Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin, etc. Now, from memory, this person that you did this for already has a Frodo model. He does have a Frodo model, but he needs the before <laughs> Frodo model. Not the one wearing the ring. Yeah. This is, so now we can do before and afters. Um, so, and the kicker here is just to keep myself vaguely on track with these, um, I've basically said to myself that I can't actually paint any of all of these 10 mil armies that I have now that I really want to put paint on it and make look pretty until I've done the stuff for him, which is mm-hmm. to be fair, which is fair, only like eight models and I shouldn't bitch too much. Um, so I've got to do that at some stage, but the important thing is I now have a big ass Warmaster Wood Elf Army. Um, then we get into, have you started those Lord of the Rings ones? I pulled them off their bases and I looked at them Okay. I want to see pictures of those when you do them. Okay. We'll do them. Um, I No pressure, just win. Yeah, no, cool. I'm on board. Um, and he's given me complete, you know, free reign to do whatever the hell I want within reason. Um, I, I'm trying to work out where within reason starts and stops. <laughs> pink. All of the pink. You're the wrong person to have this discussion with. I totally am. Um, the other thing I got was, so um, Sebastian, Archer, uh, Sebastian Archer won the Australian Crystal Dragon last time we were allowed to have one, which is the big sort of uh, painting competition they run at CanCon every year. Yep. Because he is such a talented bastard, instead of finding a model to paint, he decided to sculpt himself one. So he sculpted this model, painted it, and then won the whole goddamn thing. He's since then opened up a um, a sculpting or you know a, a company called Veiled Lamp, and the first cab off the rank, he has basically done a hundred copies of this this sculpt that he used to win the Crystal Dragon um, as his first product. So it's limited to a hundred. I have number six of a hundred now. Um, wow. So it's kind of really cool. Is it numbered? It is numbered. Um, it came in with a, and it was the most gorgeous unboxing I have ever done on anything hobby related. It came in this amazing little kind of, you know, really sort of high quality black with um, like this Hessian ribbon around it and a little kind of um, jewel thing on a string. And the, uh, it was ridiculous good lord it was gorgeous um so i had to buy that and i'm going to be way too scared to paint it forever but as i said it was one of those opportunities for and i think it was like 80 bucks like it wasn't even stupidly expensive so that came and it was glorious um i also picked up just a random bust of some kind of birdman kind of critter from mark at 3d uh Prince Terrain. Um, and then a couple of Kickstarters. Oh no, I also bought Thor and Valkyrie for Crisis Protocol. And then I backed a couple of Kickstarters. So <laughs> I backed um, the Frost, which was one for a bunch of uh, scenery um, and model 
uh, 3D print files. Um, but there's just had a bunch of really kind of nice buildings and terrain and stuff. And I'm a sucker for that. And I backed it a while ago, but it actually got sent the other day. Um, Limbo Saga of Nuadin, um, which were basically these 75 mil, um, resin models and I got some mm. chick riding a wolf and she's huge and again I'll be terrified to paint it but it was too pretty not to buy and that's coming and I bought too much yeah it doesn't sound like too much Sim- sounds like the right amount of Sim- stuff for six weeks or whatever just, yeah well this is the problem right I'm looking at the amount of hobby I've done in the last six weeks and the amount of shit that I have purchased in the last six minutes and going, there is a disproportion. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Well, that's, I mean, as long as you get on top of it. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like that is not going to happen. Well, yeah. Got to try and paint more models than you buy or get or isn't that the rule? No. That okay. has never been the rule. That's, that's not how no. we run. <laughs> I, I did think I found what the model I'm going to use for the Hobby Homies Autumn Competition, though, which is fun. And I Ooh. and I already own it, which is even better. Uh, that's awesome. So, again, I need to work out when in the, the sort of backlog I'm going to fit that in. Okay. Anyhow, what have you been up to? Um, a little bit. I mean... Uh, there's a couple of things that you've been doing that I've been doing a little bit of as well. So uh, TV-wise, let's go for that, I suppose. Um, actually, before that, I bought a couple of board games from work. So I picked up um, – there's a new Rising game, Batman Who Laughs Rising, which uh, I believe is one to four players. So I might get a chance to actually play that solo maybe and try it out um it's got a nice little model of the batman who laughs which goes in the middle uh look it just looks pretty and i know we've played dark knight's metal on this podcast so i'm not you know expecting much as far as podcasting goes i might get a, a comment or two about that but i picked that up and i also picked up uh, Legendary. So Legendary is the uh, other version of the DC mm-hmm. deck building game. So it's done by a different company, but supposedly very similar. I did get the Alien version. So meant to be one of the best. And in buying that, that sent me down a winding road of rewatching all the Alien films. So I got through Alien and Aliens, and Alien 3. And that's about the time we should have stopped. And Alien Resurrection. I'm sorry. You... And Alien versus Predator. <laughs> and Alien versus Predator 2. Ooh. And Prometheus. And Alien Coven- Covenant. Covenant, yes. Uh, which was interesting because it was only the second time that I think I've watched Covenant and... After getting about halfway through all of those and, you know, doing the whole getting the Blu-ray out, swapping that in, turning it on, all that sort of stuff, uh, I did realise that all of those are now on Disney Plus because they've got 20th Century Fox. So that made things a little bit easier that way. Yeah. 
Uh, after that, a lot what of I... alien. I don't know. If I it is a lot. I isn't don't it? know if I could have done it. Uh, I, I, it was. I mean, I was painting a lot of the time okay, as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's always good for me to have something on in the background to keep me distracted, mm-hmm. but also good that it's something I've already seen and don't have to pay too yeah. much attention to. Right, okay, cool. After that, I think I start. I started on rewatching Futurama. Oh, so nice. I got through, I think I got through all of season one and started on season two, and that was pretty much in a day. But apart from that, the only other watching that I have started, not finished, started, and I haven't found the time to go back to yet, purely out of a time frame issue and not because I don't want to go back to it, but I have started watching Justice League. So this is the four-hour Zack Snyder oh, card came out. Oh, yes. I am an hour in, and it's very pretty. It is very pretty. I remember not minding the the actual Justice League that came yeah. out. But I didn't – it wasn't it great. Wasn't good, but, um, yeah. I think the main issue I had was just the fight with Steppenwolf was just – Dull. Yeah, look, there was there was no real I feel like with those action sequences, it's really important that it actually progresses the storyline. Um, yes. And it didn't at all. It just kind of happened for the sake of it. Um I've been very, very nervous that the first one was two hours of okay, but doubling that time mm-hmm. seems like an excessive amount. If you can't put like start to end in two hours ish for a movie. How much are you stretching this out? I've been very nervous about the whole concept and it, you know, investing four hours of my life. Yeah. See, I need, I'm an Aryan. I need the extra three hours to be spare in my life. And, and with the kids, the kids have been a bit rough to put to bed recently. So, um, that three hours is then, I'm reaching the point where I'm like, well, I don't have three hours. Do I watch another hour mm-hmm. or do I just save it until I've got that three hours? And God knows when I will have that three hours. But uh, so far, first hour has been, there's been a lot of stuff that is instantly recognizable from the other mm-hmm. one, but it just seems more fleshed out and more cohesive. So I'm yet to get into, and I think the big thing is that what Joss did with his cut is take out a lot of the cyborg story, which is why he's got the complaints from Ray Fisher online and all sorts of things going on. But the original idea apparently was that cyborg was the main person that you saw this through, you know, not necessarily through Batman. It's, it's more through cyborg and how he holds the team together. So I'm just about to get into that. Uh, so we've seen Cyborg pretty much just in the last minute or two that I was watching. So yeah. I'm interested, but we'll reserve judgment until the end. Curious, <laughs> the, me. the problem I've got is the only people I know who have A, invested the time and have B then proceeded to give very good reviews where people that I knew were always going to A, invest the time and give very good reviews. Like it's just confirmation bias. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't really heard 
unbiased views of whether it's worth investing that time and effort. Um, hmm. I'm super curious because I feel like Cyborg was completely undercooked in the original cut. Um, yep. He was just kind of like an angsty teenager for most of it, and that was a bit shit. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on the fence whether I whether I pull the trigger, but. Well, I'll let you know, like, I, I will definitely invest the time in it. It is DC after all, and I will back DC and watch everything that they put out because I just find DC more interesting than Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's very sugar-coated for me. No, that's fair. I think the interesting but, piece, though, will be is, you know, for all accounts, this version sets up the rest of the DC universe mm. that is never going to happen. Yes. So, so it's, it's not canon. It's just another version. And the issue is, of course, is that like as much as I will back DC, they haven't done a decent film. No. Like, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Shazam, no. Um, Shazam, I didn't mind. I mean, it was something different. It wasn't good. I'm but, hang- yeah, let's be clear. I'm no. hanging out for Suicide Squad, the new one. Did you see the trailer I that dropped today? Did see the trailer that dropped today? Yeah, so funny. <laughs> I'm so keen. That's that's the one that is going to shine. Um, yeah, that I'm intrigued in. But yeah, like with with Justice League, the like I said, the big issue for me was the Steppenwolf um, fight scene was just dull. And in this version, a Steppenwolf has had a lot of CGI added to him, and he looks so much better. And B He's not the big bad. So he's already talking about trying to, like within the first half hour, he's talking about trying to win his way back into his master's good graces. So, you know, yeah, look. there's other stuff coming, the big fight scene or, God, I hope there's a fight scene with Darkseid, but we will wait and see. Yeah, look, actually giving, because that was the other problem with the original, right, is that the, there was no real likable villain and no, not at all without the other side of the coin it's just yeah it, it doesn't really shine as a movie you need um you know the bad guy to be someone you can invest in as well um, yes and you need a difference as well that was the other thing with some of the marvel films you need a difference between your your bad guy and your good guy so when iron man is facing you know a bigger Iron Man machine mm-hmm. or, you know, some of these villains are just bad versions of the good guy they're fighting yeah. and that just dulls the shit out of me. I feel like, look, there's ways to do it well and I would use, um, you know, the Winter Soldier as an example of that for Captain America because it is literally, mm-hmm. this is, you know, the, the Black Mirror held up kind of deal. This is where you could yeah. have gone. And I feel like that does it really well, but unless you invest very heavily in the characters to show that, yeah, just going, he's, you know, good man in expensive suit and he's bad, you know, bad man in expensive suit is, yep. it, it just doesn't go deep enough. Um, yeah. I'm curious. I'm, I'm super, super curious about this whole Snyder thing. Well, when I find three hours that I don't need to look after kids or that for whatever reason I actually have to myself, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm curious. All right. Because okay. I, that's definitely what I'll be doing with that time. Anywho, that's about my, my watching. Um, 
I have played a little bit of the Xbox, which is probably the first time this year that I've done some work on that. I I found in one of the recent Xbox sales uh, for a cheaper, much cheaper price, Crash Team Racing, <laughs> the uh, updated version of the old PlayStation game. And I had so much fun with that back in the day. So I bought that and I played it and I kept playing it and I finished the storyline. <laughs> it's like other things for me to do, but I've played quite a bit of that. And the other one is not an updated version, but Xbox, what do they call it? Gamer Pass? Game Pass? Uh, recently put the original Doom up. Oh, the original. The original, the original graphics. It's everything looks the way it should. And so I've been working my way through that as well. That is glorious. So not an awful lot of Xbox playing, only the two games really, but it's it's definitely been more time in the last couple of weeks than the rest of this year. I, which is, yeah, it's not a bad thing. I mean, Xbox cuts into my hobby time, but yeah, it's good to get on there every now oh, and then. This is it. And it's, it's one of those things that I, I'm, I'm a very lazy gamer at the best of times. I need that pickup, put down kind of option, leave it for a month, come back. Um, mm-hmm. But I came very, very close the other day. Just again, it was fun that I didn't have, really the time the effort the motivation to go in and hobby and or anything and it was that i didn't know whether a baby was going to wake up and i was just gonna have to drop everything anyway so i wasn't gonna get anything i'm like you know what if i just picked up something you know stupid to play i came very close to just downloading injustice 2 and just doing stupid things well if you need it i've got it it may happen i had a lot of fun i had a lot of fun with that game that's that's how behind the times i am um, but the the recent Mortal Kombat trailer came out, and I'm like, you know what? I can do a stupid platform fighter. I haven't I haven't watched that yet. Actually. Oh, do it! I should I should I heard about it today, so yes. I should definitely watch it. But yeah, Injustice Injustice Two, I wasted a lot of time because th- those games are so much fun, and they've got just this this little nostalgia for me. Like my my Bucks night, we hired out. It's one of the things we did. We hired out a cinema and hooked up the Xbox to that. And so I have very fond memories of beating people as Aquaman on a big screen. That is a big screen. Yep. So, uh, yeah, nah, Injustice. I love it. Um, what else? Uh, I have done a little bit of purchasing. I had to... I had the wife's birthday recently and I had to source a book that she was keen on. Um, So I went to Amazon because it seemed to be the only place I could find it Mm -hmm. and get it delivered quickly enough. And I was like, well, while I'm here, maybe I should have a look around. Uh Uh-oh. I did pick up uh, Boomer's Raptor for the Battlestar Galactica game. So that was the last of the named... Uh, ships that I really wanted. I do want to get a heavy raider Cylon uh, ship at some point. And I mean, as far as I've heard, it's pretty much still going to be sold until about the middle of this year. So I've got a bit of time on that. The speaking of which, I did go to House of War recently as well, which is where I picked up a few Battlestar stuff and took my brother and he 
picked up a couple of Battlestar things as well, but I did manage to get a uh, an army bright army painter brush, which is my favourite. It's the one I use the most, and the one that I have is falling apart. And so I got another one, and I'm very happy about it. Uh, it's still unused, sitting on my desk because I can't bring myself to <laughs> desecrate it. And so I'm still using the old one, but that's going to fall apart at some point. So that's fine. Uh, other purchases. I did have a game hooked up with Fox a couple mm. or a number of weeks ago where he was going to teach me how to play Star Wars Legion. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do it at Throw the Dice and it was all set. And then last minute things happen, which, you know, it's life. It's fine. So... I wandered over to throw the dice anyway mm-hmm. and seeing as I was going to be playing Star Wars but wasn't going to be anymore, uh, I did see some Death Troopers there so I picked them up and painted them. So I mean, that was relatively straightforward. You know, a couple of contrast paints, a couple of dry brushes, a couple of highlights. Uh, they're black, black and a bit of green so they were pretty easy. Uh, I've picked up the uh, the Ravagers, which is the Underworld, the new Underworld's Chaos okay. team. They're pretty. They are pretty. I have base coded those. Oh, not base coded. I've undercoded those, and I was going to do a black base coat over the top of the black undercoat. But if you remember. Mm-hmm. My wet palette had a bit of an incident with a certain fluoro pink paint. And when I finally got around to tidying that up, the sponge was completely destroyed. So I've got to fix my wet palette before I start painting those guys. So they're still sitting on my desk undercoated, but they're ready to go. Uh, Painting-wise, I kept going with a couple of um, scenery pieces for Underworlds that I had. I bought like the five-pack of Beast Grave Underworlds scenery ages and ages ago, and I think I'd painted two of them. So I did get through the other three or four. I can't remember how many's in there. Um, I've also bought the – I bought – I got the Slanesh guys for Underworlds. Was they that came no, the They were in Diet. Yeah, so what am I thinking? I'm thinking something else. No, I put them together. That's okay. what I did. I put them together. I've undercoated them. They're ready to go. Um, also very pretty. I, yeah, very pretty, but um nervous about them because I want to do them well. The paint, the Hobby Homies Autumn competition you were talking about. Yes. Uh, so they had the summer one before that. Mm-hmm. And the spring one before that. And during that time, I pledged a whole heap of 3D Tatooine scenery that you had nicely printed out for me. Um, I finished that, finally. It's, you know, it still counts, doesn't it? Spring competition. But again, I don't think they called which year. Yeah, yeah, true. So I finished off all of that. So I not only did, because I think last time we talked, I'd been doing a couple of buildings on that, um, but I did that Crash TIE Fighter. I did a couple of extra bits and pieces. So that's all looking pretty and all ready to be played with, which is great. 
I did go away for a weekend with the family and this was my big issue as far as my painting streak goes. So I was determined that I wanted to keep the streak going, but I knew that last year I painted until Labor Day weekend where I went away with the family again. And when I got back, it just took ages for me to get back into the habit of painting. So I took couple of paints and I bought one of these uh, fantasy Nurgle guys, guy with a big axe and his intestines falling out and stuff like that. That's that Nurgle Lord. It's actually been around for a bit, but it's such such a cool model. It's kind of, it's it's one of those iconic ones that they brought out and they just, it's so good. Anyway. He's very pretty. So yeah, I painted, I got a couple of colors on him while I was away. And when I got back, I finished him off. So I was quite happy with how he turned out. The um, the skin, I tried to do his skin a little bit of a purplish tinge. And the purple tinge turned into pretty much purple skin. But I still, yeah, I'm still okay with how that turned out. The After that, I thought, well, seeing as it took me, half a year to finish the spring competition for Hobby Homies. And seeing as for their summer competition, I was determined that my model, because it just had to be something summer related, Mm -hmm. didn't matter how it was summer related. So I was determined to get a uh, River Tan model from Firefly. There was a game uh, with Firefly miniatures and I wanted to get the river version because that's played by Summer Glau. And that was my link. That was I my really random that. summer link. I know we talked about it and I tried very hard to get that model and I couldn't get it in bar going to eBay and playing stupid prices. So I didn't finish that. So I was determined that with the autumn one, I was going to enter something. So I chose uh, a random Death Guard guy that I had in my cupboard for ages. He's got a pretty little bell over the top of his head and I finished him. So my model's ready to go and and we've still got, what, two months left in that? Well, you finished him like the first day. I saw that. Wow. (laughs) That was, well, I posted in the, in the Hobby Homies Discord that I'd finished and it was pretty much, it was a grey model with the three colors that they asked for, I put like a streak of each one on there and called it done. But I have actually finished painting him and I'm quite happy. He's pretty. He's come out really well. He won't win any awards, but I am very happy with him. And, you know, for for limiting the palette, like, which is the idea of this, this competition anyway, uh, I don't, I think I played around with the, the colors quite nicely. So it's not, you know, color for color's sake. It's like a bit more abstract maybe, but um, I'm really happy with him. And then after that, I didn't know what to do. So I had a quick look in the cabinet and I had the Underworld's Banshees that have been sitting there waiting for ages. And I thought oh, I'll play around with a, a bit of, contrast wet blending on those uh, that turned into painting all four of them so i finished them off the other day so i'm slowly getting through all my underworlds teams i have not gone and bought the lizardmen yet so they came out today 
Which so we'll get them at some point, but I'm not in a rush for them because honest, they're, not, they're not my favorite of the new ones. They're not bad, but they're not my favorite, and I think after them comes the vampires. I think which yeah. will be my favorite, and then the like. So the vampires are absolutely stunning. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, then they do the the bone reaper guys, which yep. uh, take a leave. You can basically keep them. Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with um, them. But. I'm super keen to see what the last one is. I have a feeling it's going to be the the water elf guy. Yeah, I think that's a a, a good good guess. But um, which could go. They could look really good if that's them, or they could look very average. Yeah. So I don't know. We will see. But um, mm. no, the vampires are the absolute pick of that litter. Anyway. Yep. I feel like everyone's going to own them just because they're pretty. They are pretty. They're really pretty. They got a pretty mouth. Um, after so after the banshees, I was again looking at my cabinet, going, "What the hell am I going to paint next?" Because I've got to paint something. I've got this bloody streak going. So um, I did the one thing I picked up last night was the original orcs, the ones that you did so so goddamn well mm. for Underworlds. Um, I originally had put down a couple of colours on them, so I wanted yellow armour and purple skin. And I put the contrast paints down, and I'm like, I don't know if this works. So I left them. So I picked up one of those yesterday, and I started working on him. And so I'm doing a bit more work than I usually do when I'm feeling lazy. Mm-hmm. So contrast paints I, I really enjoy because they allow me to get stuff done that looks halfway decent uh, and get it on the table. The one that I picked up, I've gone over his skin with a layer of purple. Mm-hmm. And my God, it just changed the whole model. Oh, shit. All right. So I'm very happy with him now. He's I've started doing some edge highlighting on the armor. So I've done about half of that and already he just looks 10 times better than, than he did. So I'm happy, which means that I will probably keep uh, going with them. I'm just going to quickly snap a quick picture for you so you can have a look and see the difference. But um, Cause I saw them before and it was very uh, primary color. Um, yeah, it was. And look, I feel like some of that was intentional just to do ridiculous things. Um, but, I feel like once you start, yeah, putting some depth into it and some shading and some high and all that kind of thing, it will it, it, it'll pull it back from looking just ridiculously bright rainbow and, and do a lot more. There you go, a couple of picks. So that'll be my next thing. So the four of them will be my next project for the next week or so, yeah. or month or however long it takes me to do them. Uh, like I said, I'm taking a bit more time and trying this bloody edge highlighting, which I hate. <laughs> I hate it with a passion because, you know, I'll get like, a, you know, there's a square of armor on his leg, for example, mm-hmm. and I'll do one side of that and go, shit, that looks really good. I'm happy with that. I'll do the second side and the second side will be three times the width <laughs> of the one that I've done on the first one. So then I'll have to try and wash some of that off. And yeah, like it just takes me forever. Um, but I'm still trying. No. So we'll give it a go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after that, there's been a couple of things this week. 
I will stop in a minute, I promise. Like, I'm probably boring the shit out of people. But uh, a couple of quick purchases which got picked up for me today. Thank you very much. I ordered in the new Halfling Blood Bowl dice. Because <laughs> it's dice. dice and it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're pretty enough. I'm like, I ummed and ahed about it for about a minute. I'm like, oh, right. when it, if I ever play Halflings, I'm going to need the dice. So sure, I should buy them. Um, they haven't done anything stupid with these dice. They're actual just regular dice. Yeah, look, they're just oh, it, they're behind the it, computer. Is it the undead one that roll fucking weird? And the... I thought so, but then like I haven't been able to find anything since on that. They do. So they roll know. fucking Do yeah. they? I really want them now. I missed the I missed out on those, and I really want them. If they roll weird, I want they're, them. They're, it's not cool. Anyway, uh, I don't intend to use them, no, but I still they, want them. It's like those bloody uh, plastic squishy Nurgle that, dice. Again, not okay. Um, not okay, but I've got three sets. And of they those, did the I? was it the red bouncy squig ones that they did as well? Yeah, yeah, I liked them. Fucking, I didn't buy them. Fucking silly. Anyway, stop doing stupid shit with dice. <sighs> Let's just dice. I mean, the Blood Bowl dice are okay because they were like 20, 25 yeah. bucks for the pack. I did while I was at House of War. I ummed and ahed because they had a pack of the Slanesh dice that came out recently, mm. which sold out pretty quickly. And I was umming and ahring for ages, but it was like a box of 10 dice or something for 55 Something bucks. ridiculous. You just can't justify that as much as I wanted to. <laughs> Anyway, so I picked up, uh, so I got picked up the Blood Bowl Halfling dice, uh, and also with all this talk about Necromunda, because we have been talking about Necromunda for a while. A little bit. Um, even talking about playing the Xbox game at some point. Mm. I picked up the, the crew that I wanted, which was the Dalaki, Duluki, Dalak, Duluki. It's the Dark City guys. Yeah, as far as I know, and uh, there is a lot of very angry people on the internet correcting people's pronunciation of this. It's Delac, because it's like Delacure. Well, it's because it's French. It's it's that yeah, it's that Q U E, which is ack. Anyway, they are guys with bald heads in trench coats, and I just want they'll be my Dark City crew. And I watched the trailer for Dark City today because I had them in my hands and I watched this trailer and I was like, oh, it's been years since I've seen this film. I really enjoyed it. Watched the trailer and went, that doesn't tell me anything about the film. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to go back and watch it again. But yeah, so they got picked up. And then the last purchase, which, and the last thing that I will talk about is. Tuesday, I finally got round to seeing Caleb at Ghost uh, Yes. So something that I have, you know, and it's the same with, with all of my tattoos. I, I'm usually sitting on them for at least a year or two before I pull the plug and actually get them done because I still remember this time I was getting my sec- second tattoo. Yeah. Second tattoo done, I was sitting there. It was a very, very personal thing for me. Like, out of all the tattoos I've got, this one is the most personal, even more than than my kids' names. And I was sitting there getting it done, and this girl walked in, 
and got greeted by the tattooist and she, she said, I want to get one of those Egyptian crosses. And he said, oh, you mean an ankh? And she said, I don't know what it's called. And I just, I just cringed inside. So all of my tattoos, I, I sit on for at least a couple of years just going, is this definitely what I want? Is this definitely the right way? I, I have a very, not same story, but very similar theory or philosophy on tattoos to a point. Um, after getting the first one I ever got covered and how much that hurt um, is the moral of the story. I don't want to have to do that again. So come up with good ideas. Um, yes. Um, but yeah, finally, finally got in and I have a rather nice version of the horned rat skull on my leg now. So it's my, all of my, my tattoos have some sort of link to, you know, I've got my, my gaming tattoo, which is when I left EB games, I've got my music tattoo. This is my Warhammer tattoo. And I sent him a picture and I said, this is kind of what I want, but I don't want it to be all black like this picture. I want it to be, I don't know, shaded, look look more better. Good. Yeah. <laughs> more good. Um, and I went in and he goes, okay, well, we can do this. And instead of doing it black, we can just do shading on it. Or I've had a look around at other pictures and this is something I've whipped up. And I just looked at it and I'm like, you're the man. This is the way to go because Caleb is not only a fucking awesome tattooist, like he's just, he did my Joker piece and I just love his work, but he is an old gamer. He paints models. He paints more than he plays these days. I don't think he plays much at all anymore, but he's, you know, we can sit there and talk Warhammer while he is, scarring me for life but yeah that got done finally 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 have escape in peace and i'm very happy yes yes <laughs> caleb is the greatest yes yes um and after that that's all i got Fuck. it's been a big few weeks eh? Like- it has. i mean you know we've been talking about getting together and um, and recording for some time. And, and obviously life gets in the way of, of most things. And now that we are sort of back on the bandwagon, hopefully we'll, we'll get it happening a bit more often for the one or two people that actually want more episodes. So us. But yeah, yeah, that's probably us. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a while, and even we got together, we played some games, and it's been a while since them as well. All right, so. So that's gonna be hazy. But yeah, I feel like here, so is, got, here is an opportunity yeah. to to shut up for a minute and and maybe take a little bit of a break. He says, looking let's do looking that. at the counter. Um, <laughs> I know it's been. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we, it's been six weeks or God knows however long, fourteen years. Um, and we've obviously done a bit of purchasing, a bit of hobby work or whatever in that time. We have played some games, but it's been a little while. And the notes that I've got on what I've painted are better notes than what I've got on our games. Yeah, you and me both. 
So, so it might be might be ten minutes after we get back. Let's we talk about the games. Let's come back and work out how much how messy that's going to be. All right, sounds sounds good. Yay. We are once again recording. Look at that. Uh, look at that. The number's still going All up. All right. Like, it hasn't started again like it usually does. I know. They've changed it. I really hope it works. Anyway. <laughs> well, only time will tell. Otherwise, we'll be talking for two hours and nothing will be recorded. And then we'll have to do it all again. And it'll probably be a 20-minute episode. Or we will do the Snyder Cut. <laughs> the four-hour version. Oh, God. <laughs> You know how I was talking about Alien Legendary? Well, let me go into depth about each Alien film and what they mean. And, and how they've brought uh, the, the essence of each one into the game. Yeah, no. <laughs> God, no. So um, I suppose what we should talk about is the whole point of the podcast, which is gaming. That is part of the name, in fact, of the podcast. <laughs> we just spent like 70 minutes talking about us. And I know there's the whole egotistic thing that, you know, fuck you, it's our podcast. Sort Correct. Of thing, but <laughs> 70 minutes just seems very eccentric. Mm, eccentric? Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, Anywho. We played games. Anyway. We did. We played games. We played two games. So, first of all, we are currently. I don't want to say in the middle because we're not quite Fuck, in the middle, in but the middle. we are. We are playing season four yeah. 
of the Feisty Cups we, Cup. For we should have finished season four by now. Let's be firstly really clear. We about probably that. should have. Look, you know, there's been a couple of hiccups on the way. Uh, a couple of games have gotten delayed. Uh, but I am starting to crack the whip and we will get these games happening. I know that I've got my next game sorted out for next weekend, I believe. So uh, either next weekend or possibly in the next couple of days. So I don't know about you. Who you got up next? You got Kieran, haven't yeah. you? So yeah. I've so I've been trying to line up his other game before he can line up my game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair call. Uh, but we played each other, did. which is rather convenient because then we can talk about it. So a number of weeks back, we got together and we played Blood Bowl. Now, what team are you playing? I'm playing High Elves. Yes, I, I yes. did that. What, what team am I playing? We played the, the new Imperial Nobilities. That's right. Okay. So it's been a while. Uh, I have all of about four lines of notes for this game. So this is going to be a very quick recap. I, I kept notes for a couple of key plays points, and that's it. The rest of it is the game occurred. <laughs> we played, we rolled some dice. It was fun. I mean, there's just something to be said about Blood Bowl and how how much fun I have every single time yep. I play it. It's just one of those games I, I don't get tired of and – which and I've said it before, but it, it's it's one of those games which is one on one, and normally one on one I get very. I don't like being competitive, and I don't like playing a game for winning sake. So one on one, you're kind of forced to do that, no matter what you're playing. Which is why when I played 40k, it always seemed to be two on two, two on three, three on three games, and that's what I enjoyed because I don't give a rat's ass. Who wins? Yeah, as long as you know something cool happens in the game, then I'm I'm happy. So Blood Bowl being a one on one game still surprises me to this day how much fun I have with it because you know there is that competitiveness there because you're you're only other, you're only playing one other person. So, but yeah, it's still it's still that go to game. Yeah, it's really really easy just to fall back into and play and guaranteed to have fun every time and uh, yeah it, it's that game I've, i find that i really can't take seriously like no and even when you're it's... playing to do cool shit and stuff like i find i still find i can't try like can't not try and work out how to let the other guy win. how if i was the other player i would win as well and you end up playing both sides um yes. and i think that's part of it as well yeah. And I think the other part is that, that you're always playing against the game itself too. So no matter what you try and do, the game will try and fuck you over in some way. So you can't take it like too seriously. Blood Bowl is the game that really wants to be Dark Souls. <laughs> I mean, I still re- there are aspects that I, I will remember forever. And it's like, like game two of the first season, I think it was, I was playing, yeah, I was playing Nurgle. Um, Malcolm was playing Dwarves. It was, you know, one of his first games. He wasn't sure on it. And he decided to block my Beast of Nurgle with one of his Dwarves. Uphill, yeah. Uphill, and I'm like, you know, well, you could do this. If you move another couple of guys in, you can get it to one dice or, or even maybe two. And he's like, look, I've said it. Let's just do it. Two dice uphill, 
dead beast of Nurgle and had me pissed because it was my biggest guy. I'd spent a lot of money on him. I hadn't gotten much out of him at that point. And it, had me, it did have me pissed for about 10 seconds. And I'm like, I can't be upset about this. This was a fucking cool play. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's one of those plays that I'll always remember. I mean, you know, I won the game. I had enough money to buy him back after that game, I think, anyway. But it was still, it was like, oh, crap, he's killed him. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I, it's one of those, like, this wasn't a me game, but I remember a mate of mine starting a brand new season with a brand new Chaos team and being being that he could have a Minotaur, he did have a Minotaur. And it, of course. And in game one, at the kickoff, somebody threw a rock <laughs> and that rock hit the Minotaur square between the eyes <laughs> and killed him before the game started. It was the greatest moment in Blood Bowl history. <laughs> And has this guy played since? Yeah, yeah. Of course he it's has because it's just too much fun. Fuck you, is that he? That was one of those ones he was a bit salty at for a bit. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, we played. Blood Bowl. We played. Um, so elves versus knobs and stuff happened. We had shits and giggles. It was a good game. It really was and it – it really reinforced to me how the new season doesn't fundamentally change the, this game and my mm-hmm. enjoyment of it, which is the, the, the best part of it. Um, I think, you know, for me, there are, there are a couple of key, key moments. I don't know how many notes you've got, but there are a couple of key moments. One for me is probably less than really, and, and, you know, in, in the super narcissistic vein of the podcast in which you do, they're all about me. Um, so, one of the new rules in the new edition is that there is no cap on how many rerolls you can use in a turn. Yeah, it's great. It used to be that you could only use one a turn, and they were done. Now my elves only rock up with two rerolls anyway. So if I use them all in a turn, I've used two rerolls, and I have none left. But I can't remember exactly the circumstances around it but it was one of those plays where i needed something to work and it was one of a two plus dodge roll or something that i should have made and i rolled a one and i re-rolled it and i rolled a two and it was happy days and then i had to do something else i pick up the ball or something and i rolled a one and i'm like oh there is the turnover Oh wait, no! I have two rerolls, and you don't have a cap on how many rerolls you can use. And I really need this to work. And I did this in my first game for the season against Chris too, because something came up where it felt like it was absolutely imperative that I make this play. And I used my second reroll in the same turn, and just as it did then, I rolled another one. <laughs> Because Blood Bowl. And it's now two games in a row where I've used the new rule as it's intended, as it's been changed, so you can choose to use your rerolls whenever the hell you want. And Blood Bowl has, you know, once again taught me that that is a poor idea and just just cut your losses at some point in time. Uh, and I think I'm pretty sure at some point from memory that we had a couple of extra rerolls from the kickoff results. Yeah. So, 
I, I do believe you had three rerolls at some at point. Some point yeah, that that very quickly became one. Um, <laughs> and then the second one. So this lies into, I think. You, so first half, you are up one nil. Um, yep. I'm not sure how you and got then, there. Well, that was the that was the funny event, and this is pretty much all the notes that I've got. So, what it was was your catcher being pretty close to my end zone, mm-hmm. but against the you know too close to the edge of the field. So, I managed to to knock your catcher down very close to to my end zone ball gets dropped into the crowd mm-hmm. and the crowd then being as a blood bowl crowd should be then decided to throw the ball up the other end of the field where it was swiftly picked up by one of my bodyguards and I think you had you had a chance to get there with your thrower mm-hmm. and make a blitz but you failed to go for it to get there. Sounds about right. And then, yeah, my bodyguard just walked it in the next round. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, yeah, 1-0 up at the half. Not quite at the half. Sorry, at turn, at at my turn eight, I'm 1-0 down and there's been a little bit of a clusterfuck. Um, So, the ball is currently on the ground. There are bodies everywhere. It is absolute carnage. After some significant math, and this was this was the play that just it really articulates elf bullshit. Um, I'm just scrolling back on the um, the group chat, and yeah, that's pretty much what I've seen. Yeah. It, it was complete elf bullshit, and I didn't think I was going to pull it off with no rerolls. Um, and there was a significant amount of going. All right, can I do it with this player? Can I do it with that player? Is that more roles? Is that less roles? How can I? How can I? You know, possibly make this play. So the white plays out. There's a catcher that's currently laying on the ground. He stands up. He then takes advantage of one of the new rules and leaps over one of his prone teammates. So that's uh, an edge roll with a neg one because there was a tackle zone somewhere. Um, to get to a position where he can actually do something useful. So he dodges from that position onto the ball. Again, we're at an egg one because we're dodging into a tackle zone. He picks up the ball at an egg one because the ball's in a tackle zone. He dodges out. He hands off to my blitzer. So that doesn't need a roll, but the blitz needs to catch it. The blitz is currently in two tackle zones and he manages to grab that ball off him at an egg two. So that's a, what, a four up. He then dodges out and makes the touchdown. So in that play, I had to make one, two, three, three plus rolls, one, two, two plus rolls, and a four plus roll without a re-roll in that order to make it happen. And that's how we ended up at one all at half time. And yeah, looking back on the group chat, my my quote is word for word, end of first half, one Imperial lineman injured, one all after some elf shit in their turn eight. It was <laughs> it's it's so typical of elves to do that sort of stuff. And I mean you've got like the edge two plus mm-hmm. 
on most of your guys, if not all of yep. them, I think. But um, so two plus, I mean, is usually a safe bet, but this is Blood Bowl, so that'll fail quite often, and especially when you don't want it to fail. Yeah. But somehow, somehow these games just, you know, you have those moments where all of a sudden, you know, everything goes right. And I had, I had a similar one. I, I still remember this, but I was playing Orcs against Corn, And this guy was winning 1-0, had the ball and a bloodletter at my end zone and decided to stall for a round. And I managed to get to his bloodletter, knock him down. The ball gets thrown. I have to get into... I think it was either two or maybe it was even three tackle zones. Pick up the ball, dodge out, throw. And this is a game where I had not been able to pick up the ball with no one around. You know, I had used my thrower twice that game already where I'd gone to pick up the ball, failed, re-rolled with sure hands or whatever it is, and failed that. And that had happened twice already, but somehow I managed to dodge into three tackle zones, pick up the ball, dodge out, throw the ball, score a draw out of nowhere. It's amazing, like, and it's it's always those times when you never expect no. it to happen that it always. And happens. like, to be honest, any other time, unless that was absolutely mandatory for you to either draw or win, right? You're never even going to make those rolls. You're not even going to attempt that play. Yeah. And then you're just like, well, fuck it. There's there's no other way I can possibly come close to, to equalizing here. So I guess we just go for it and it, magic happens. Um, <laughs> I mean, I almost thought that was our last season or the season before final with me stalling at the yeah, end zone. Man, you stalled it. Yeah, stalling at the end zone. Like they've got rules for it now and, and certain things that can happen on very rare instances where you get like a prezzed enough or roll off or something else. Still say I was safe, but anyway. Um yes. (laughs) And yeah, that was my uh my dark elf running in, blitzing you and getting the ball off you somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Never stall. That's the that's the moral moral of the story, right? Yeah. Um anyway, half half time time, one one all all elf bullshit. Yeah. I second half I'm kicking you in the second half from memory. Yep. And it was pretty uneventful. This entire half was basically for, for a memory, you caging a little bit, grabbing the ball, mm-hmm. shuffling up and me standing a square away from you in every instance where possible. Yeah. I think you had your ogre just beating up on a journeyman and refusing you know, him refusing to die. He just stood up next yeah, to me. I figured, I figured you did the, the nice thing of putting the journeyman next to me because, A, you don't care about the journeyman. B, it distracts the ogre. And I was like, you know what? My ogre needs to have player points. I'm going to keep beating this guy up. I don't care. Yep. Nothing fucking Absolutely. happened. He kept going down. He fell over. He got back up. He was, <laughs> yeah, he, he was tub thumping. Um, so... It was very much you, again, made a couple of plays to try and blitz through and stuff, but just kind of got tied up, stalled, you know, the wrong people fell over at the wrong time. You tried to cross the pitch at one stage and 
that kind of worked and then the ball spilt and fucking everyone was everywhere. It was just a, this big kind of, the only note I have here and I'll read it verbatim is late game fumble slash fall over clusterfuck. <laughs> it very much was. So. And, and yeah, now that you're talking about that, it, I do remember thinking, you know, the, the, the ability to have a bit of movement. So I was able better than I thought I would be to sort of move the ball around the pitch. But you were always getting your guys like close, but not, you know, blocking, but not standing next to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I played a very, how can I stall this until I find an opportunity? Like I need, I need to force some pressure for you to do something desperate and fuck it up so I can pounce. Um, so the entire game was me literally standing everybody up, taking a step back so you, you couldn't block anyone and then forcing some dodge rolls. Basically that was kind of plan A and it just meant that zero happened. Like, Pretty much. It was it was uneventful. Stuff happened, but nothing happened. Yeah, it look so. it was one of those it was one of those halves that was fun to play out because in every single instance you're like, Holy shit, the ball's now over there and how can I get someone to where I need to be and, and all that kind of shit. Um but if you were, you know, commentating the game or saying, you know, this is what's going on, you like there are no actual milestones. Nobody died, nobody you know got some people fell down, they got back up the ball moved horizontally more than it moved, you know, down the pitch. Yes, um, very much so. And that's kind of where it ended. Yeah, I just got this Simpsons image of the, the soccer game going on in my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> just four guys kicking the ball to each other and one commentator going, going off. <laughs> but yeah, look, you know, one all draw. I'll take that any day of the week. It was a, Incredibly fun game. Yeah. So as they they always are. and look, we we so, certainly get a couple of skills now. I got to roll, you know, rando skill. That was fun. Um. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm keen for some more games. I'm just waiting for the season to catch up. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm keen for the next game because uh, it'll be Blackhawks. So knobs versus Blackhawks. Yep. So the two newest teams against each other. And, you know, I did uh, play, I have played one game of that matchup and it was fairly close. So I'm eager to see what happens and what incredible shenanigans Dylan brings to the table. Because if there's something that Dylan brings to the table, are, yes. are you hanging out to play two halves on two different days? No, I'm not hanging out to do that. <laughs> But um, I want to get it all in at once. Yeah. Because that's uh, what she said. Yeah, I know. Anywho. We will wait and see. That, anyway, uh, that was Blood Bowl, but I also forgot that I do have one other game that I've <gasps> Rude. Yes. So in my weekend away with the family, my brother bought out one night uh, Death Angel, which is the one or two player, or you can actually play it with a couple of players, but generally one or two player card game version of Space Hulk. And this is a game that I've had in my cupboard for ages. 
and I've looked at the rules once or twice and looked at them and gone, that looks very complicated and put it back in the cupboard. Yep. Uh, whereas my brother had, this is a, is it Fantasy Flight? So Sounds like they them. Had, yeah, they had all the um, the G-Dub games for a while, but then or then they lost them. Mm. Yeah, so I think they've gone to WizKids or something. Anyway, um, so Death Angel by itself is for a very small card game in a small box. It's fetching stupid amounts on eBay. Um, so I've got the base edition. My brother has the base edition plus all expansions. So anyway, he brought that out and gave me a quick rundown of the rules and how to play, and it was fun. And it wasn't as complicated as it sounded in the rule book. Um, we basically had two squads each. The Each squad was two people, and it was random which ones we chose. So you, know, you have a couple of tokens, flip them upside down, choose your two, and I had two guys which are like close combat guys, so one with like a thunder hammer and a shield. Uh, the other guy, I think, had lightning claws. And then I had two sort of salty, you know, shooty type guys. And it basically is the way the game sets out is it's a couple of steps, uh, a couple of different areas that you're exploring in the supposed Space Hulk. And the one that we played was fairly simple. It was five areas that we had to clear. So we started off with four Terminators each, so eight. And it's it's very interesting because you, your Terminator's facing one direction and you can do things to make them flip and turn the other way and stuff like that, but that's taking up your actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing cards to determine what they do and then the Gene Steelers are just coming in from different areas depending on what part of the Space Hulk you happen to be standing in. But yeah, five steps. We seem to be doing quite well. So we still had eight Terminators all the way to the very end of the third area mm-hmm. where we lost one. Then we fought our way through the fourth area and right towards the end of that, we lost two more. So that put us down to five. Now the problem is that you start off with eight and there's usually on each area there's like four spots where the gene stealers can come mm-hmm. in. When you start losing guys, those four spots don't change. They sort of basically move up the line. So all of a sudden we're in area five, which is the final area we needed to clear. We had five Terminators in it, and four of those are going to get gene stealers spawning on mm-hmm. them at various points. Yeah, okay. So it went downhill very quickly. And in one round, we lost three guys, which left us with two. And we didn't have to clear too many more gene stealers, but they were popping up on both sides. And the way it works is basically, you know, if you're shooting at somebody or you're trying to defend, you're basically rolling a dice, which has anywhere up to a five on it. So, you know, you, you, you zero, one, two, three, you might kill a gene stealer, four or five, you know, you basically got to roll more than the number of gene stealers are there mm-hmm. to kill one off. All of a sudden, we've got two guys left. They've both got more than 
six gene stealers on them, there's no way they're surviving. (laughs) The dice doesn't go that high. All right. No, it was a clusterfuck at the end. But we did really well. And at the end of the day, it was really fun, like really good game to just whip out and have a bit of fun with. All right. So definitely one that I need to look at a bit harder. It's always fascinating when um, you get you look at the rules or you you know you read it, the how to play and stuff, and you're like, oh, fuck, this is too hard. I'm out. And then you actually get someone to show you how to play it, and it's like, oh, oh, wait, no, okay, I get it now. This is... I think I need to pay more attention to, to things like, you know, YouTube videos where they yeah, go through games I need to do and play more of that because yeah, it's, it just seems a lot of the time you can, you can get overwhelmed by a rule book, especially if you have no idea how to start the game. Completely. So yeah, which is what happened with me with this one, but definitely it's one that I've already pulled out and looked at again since I got back. All right. More options. Mm. We like more options. Yep. More and options. And then the big one, finally, an hour and a half in. Yep. Let's. Uh, so we've, we played something that we haven't talked about yet on this podcast. It's a new one. A new oh. one. Brand new game. Something that you haven't heard us mention. Well. Time and time and time and time and time yeah. again. But it finally actually happened. It finally happened. That's what she said. Um, we played. I've forgotten what it's called now. <laughs> I'm still getting on the. When, when did she say that? Because I don't remember. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> Marvel Crisis Protocol. Finally, finally. I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. You've been painting up the models. I had my. How many guys have I got? Five? Something like that. I'm looking at them now. Yeah, five guys. Um, I painted them all up. So that's. Very rare for me to have all my models for a game painted up. Any other one, especially which for the first game, Star Wars. Mm. Well, I was determined. I'd, I'd seen what you'd been doing with your models, and I was determined not to look too shit next to <laughs> yours. Um, and, and all for naught in the end of it, because I took a couple of photos, and I was quite proud of my photos. That was good. And then last week, my phone shat itself. And those photos are gone, I believe. Motherfucker. So I was gonna, I was going to post them to Insta yeah. after we recorded when it, that finally mm. happened. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're all gone. Bastard, because you took photos, so I didn't bother. Um, yeah. All right. I'll deal with that later. That is that is a future <laughs> me problem. Um, anywho, we played. So uh, I suppose... Real basic rundown of the game for those that don't know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, It is Marvel. So, I mean, firstly, you get to play. And there's a crisis and somebody has a protocol. We mainly ignored the protocol. Um, Okay. (laughs) No, but, I mean, so the concept is, right, is um, firstly you get to play as a whole bunch of different Marvel heroes, which is amazing. Um, All villains. There is that too. well, that's that's the one thing that I really liked about this is that there's no set teams. You pretty much can play anybody you want to. Absolutely. And team them together. Um, and that I'm, I'm finding really divisive. Like I, I really 
I am so into the traditional, you know, this is the, and they, they call them affiliations there. So, you know, this is the team that stick together. And these are the ones that I know that always work together on the same team. And they should like the Avengers. It's just the Avengers. Just stop it. Um, <laughs> why are they teaming up with Green Goblin and Modoc? That's ridiculous. Anyway, it probably happens. And it's one of those things that I find that the, the comic back catalogue is so vast and so much different shit has happened that everybody has their favourite obscure team-up situation. Um, so I feel like it, it caters to all of that opportunity and you just get to self-moderate, um, which is kind of cool. So second half of that is it's a relatively small model count. So I feel like, you know, you're playing with between, you know, four five to up to maybe seven guys if you took all really shit little ones maybe um but it's it's pretty it's pretty small model count we like this um in the the sort of proper format of playing i think you you start with a roster of up to 10 models um and then you form a team based on the the objectives and stuff out of that um all objective based which i really like in a game um, so, you know, the, the start of the game that's set up, it is, let's work out what the objectives that we're playing for, which is, is really kind of cool. 90. So it's not always about killing everybody on the other side. I mean, it's important. Let's not rule yeah, that out. You need to be able to do that, but that's not going to win you the game. But effectively, I mean, so if you completely wipe out your opponent, yes, you win, uh, assuming they haven't scored enough points to win first. So... Ultimately, the game 99% of the time will get won because you're playing to your objectives, which I really dig. And most of those objectives are either B, at a certain point in the board, or grab a thing from a certain point in the board and run like hell. Um, so there's a couple of objectives going on. Um, and then it's a couple of classic things I really appreciate. So one is skirmish scale. Um, one is activation for activation so i go you go rather than i use all my guys and you sit there and and scratch yourself for half an hour um so it has that i do that anyway. i mean yes but you can roll dice with the other hand um yeah. and then a relatively simple rule set so the actual base rules are pretty pretty straightforward um and then it's about the models and I think in a game like this, it's it's kind of really cool because if you're not playing because it's all about the characters, why the fuck are you playing? Yes. So, you know, the base set of rules, uh, you know, what models do and how they interact and how they move and all that kind of shit. But then all of the character abilities are on the character card and they're different for every character because all the heroes and villains are different because that's what makes them cool. Yes. The other half I really like about this game is each of the character cards has two sides. So you start on one side and when they get taken, they take enough damage to drop them to, to no health. They don't die. You flip their card over and they have a damaged side or a dazed side of the card. Um, and sometimes the abilities change and I just think that is the most thematic cool shit ever um yeah. firstly that it's you you cannot one shot a character because if they're on their healthy side and you daze them they're basically not involved in the game until they spawn on their 
uh, dazed side. So you can't just totally one shot a character off the game, which is amazing. Um, Mm -hmm. I did like that. That was such a good thing because yeah, once you hit them with enough to flip them over, that's them technically out for the rest of that round. Yep. But yeah, next round they come back and and they come back angry. They've got your health back. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, a fair amount of resource management. So, long story short, is the the primary primary kind of resource you're managing is is called power. So each of your characters start every round by accumulating power, sometimes more than one, and most of their base abilities um, will say you know this power this character gets power equal to the damage they do or if they do damage they gain one power and then you can spend that power to do cooler abilities so all of their superpowers generally cost an amount so you build up this resource of power on each of your characters by doing stuff but generally punching the other people and then you use that power or you spend it to do cool abilities and crazy shit which I'm a, a big fan of, just that that ability to to juggle resources and to try and work out, all right, well, I want to be able to do this. Well, how can I possibly get that power with the actions I've got? And you start playing that game. But the other cool yep. bit is, is when you daze a character, right, and they flip over, you don't remove the power that they had accumulated. So they can wake up very angry and just start doing bullshit, cool shit. Um once they they sort of flip over in the next turn. So that's kind of a really basic rundown of why the game is cool Um, and what I like. And it's fairly simple. Like the thing that got me is, I mean, I know that we, during our play, we didn't do a few of the things that you can do in this game. We kept it nice and sort of, not only focusing on the objectives, but also focusing on bashing people. Mm-hmm. So we didn't like, we weren't throwing any scenery around, which is something we went through before the game that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't bother with any cards or anything. We kept it very simple for the first game, but it was so easy to pick yeah. up. And I feel like, it doesn't really deviate from many of the, the core games that you would play. Like models get two actions. One of those actions could be walk. One of those could be like punch something. One of them could be pick something up. Like there's, there's actually not a lot that you can do. Um, they, instead of having, you know, a movement uh, of, a, of me- like a, a number of centimeters or inches or something, they literally have measuring sticks. So, you know, you short or your medium, walk is this and you just put the little little measuring stick down and you, you move it from one side of the base to the other kind of deal um, again all of your ranges for attacks and stuff there's a, a set of measuring sticks and you just go is it within range one two three four or five um, but that also means it, it limits the ranges that things have so you can't have something sitting on one side of the board shooting people on the other side yes. of the board like everyone has to get involved. And I discovered that pretty, pretty quickly when I had Shuri sitting on an objective, unable to touch anyone else on the board. So she was scoring a point, but there's this moment of like, I, scoring points is good. Being on objectives is good, but I actually need her to do more than this. So I need to give up that objective so I can get her in range of some things. Um, 
And then it's just about knowing the models and knowing how they interact and all that kind of fun, which I, th- I think is kind of the the fun bit of the game as well. It's like knowing that if I do this with this guy, it'll trigger that ability and X, Y, and Z, but there's not a thousand models. You're only playing with a few on the table at any given time. So it's not brain destroying. Yep. And it didn't seem to be like uh, using Malifaux as an example, like Malifaux has so many different. Malifaux's brain destroying. Things that you can do with like one character, let alone, four, five, six, seven. Um, it was, it just seemed fairly simple and, and the cards seemed to explain it quite mm-hmm. well too. So once I worked out what all the little icons meant, yeah, I think I was set to go. So, um, so, I mean, we, we literally lined up with a, in the, in the box, the core box game, you don't actually get the full rule book. You get a, a learn to play kind of handout leaflet, thing so it's a cut down version of the rules um but in that it gives you a set scenario so it basically sets out the board i ignored that and set up my own scenery however the hell i wanted um damn straight they give you but they give you use these scenarios so we just use those scenarios as a starting point and it again it gives you you know a bunch of objectives that you can run and grab and a bunch of objectives that you have to sit on and the cool thing with them um and having a flick through the cards after the different objective decks is that so one of the objectives that we had to go and uh you know go and grab if you hold one of these cosmic cubes you take damage so you get points but it can also kill you there's a flip side um and there were five of them so you're gonna have to be grabbing them at some point. yeah you've got to do it and sometimes characters got more than one um so that's that's a whole thing. And then the other objectives that were on the, the board, you can then take an action if you're standing next to it to heal. But again, we were busy grabbing objectives and punching each other. And I think we forgot about that most of the time. I did. I did. Um, I did look at it once or twice and go, oh, I could do that. And then something would happen that would completely screw that up. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, just punch something. Um, we originally... When we started this podcast, the idea was, A, that we would play games mm-hmm. and get some gaming in, and that was the whole purpose of it, um, you know, besides listening to our stupid voices talk. Uh, we always assumed that we'd be playing games wrong. You know, some of these games we're playing for the first time, and we are bound to get things mm-hmm. wrong. This was the first game which I, I know of which we came up with a question straight away that neither of us could work out. Yep. Uh, and that was those cosmic cubes. So you pick them up, you wander around with them every round, they're doing your damage and you're getting points, but we couldn't find anywhere in the rules that would say if we could drop. Yeah. Can I choose to put it down? This hurts yes. too much. Um, so we just played by the rule that, once because we couldn't find anything saying you could put it down we just said you can't put it down so if anyone has played and wants to weigh in and has listened to an hour and 50 minutes of us talk shit can you put them down if you know can you put them down we don't know it was it was curious and it's probably i don't know whether i would have done it if i could have um there's probably a moment where i'd like to know also if i'm carrying two can i put one down (laughs) 
Is that an option? Well, that's true, yes, because oh. there were various points, I think, where we were carrying two. Was anyone carrying three? Or I don't know, maybe. It got silly. Uh, yeah, it did get very silly. But anyway, so first is 16 points yep. wins. Okay, cool. And it was a fairly close game. It, it was. It was pretty tight. It was a lot of fun. So, I mean, yeah. you basically get one point for holding each of the cubes and you get one point for controlling each one of the other stationary objectives, um, which basically meant you had to have more people around than the, the other group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took, uh, based on the painted stuff I had, I took the Wakandans. Uh, so Black Panther, Killmonger, Shuri and Okoye. And then to fill out the points, I chucked in Captain Marvel because who doesn't like any person that has an ability called Rocket Punch? Um that's what she said. Um, <laughs> I took not the Wakandans. No. So I made my own team. So I had uh, Wolverine and Cyclops. I also had Venom and Ghost Rider. And I wasn't sure whether I should swap, say, Venom for Sabretooth, but I figured Sabretooth was probably fairly similar to Wolverine, so I thought I'd give Venom a go first. So it was four on, how many did you have? Five or six? He counts five. Yep. Five. Cool. Um, And that was the other interesting thing was that the um, priority Mm -hmm. would go to, uh, how did we determine it in the first place? It was was a roll off off? at the start, um, which is fine. But then if you have priority and you activated last then it goes to the other person, but it, you could you could potentially hold priority if you didn't activate last eight on each turn. Mm-hmm. So it was this. That was probably one of those things that wasn't really intuitive, and I kept having to check what happened at the end of each turn for priority, because um, it didn't just swap. It wasn't a roll off each turn. It was kind of this conditional. I don't think I had too much of an issue with it, but that was probably me because a I had one less guy than mm-hmm. you. So at the end of the first turn, you gave me priority. And then you just and kept then it. I just kept it, which was worked out rather well. And I thought it was kind of cool balancing because I've got less guys to activate yep. generally oh. unless people get knocked out. It stuff. makes absolute sense. but Yeah, I had I got that choice of what I was going to do first rather than potentially – you going first and me losing one of my four guys and having even less yeah. guys. No, it's it's an, it's a really simple idea, but I think it, it actually does yeah balance it really well. I, I don't didn't hate it at all. It was more just a wait, hang on, how's this work again? At the end of the round, and I have you have priority and I activated last, so you keep it. Okay, yeah, I know how this works. Um, and as I think we talked about after the game, the only thing that doesn't necessarily make really logical sense is the line of sight and line cover. Sight. And that is because you're only ever measuring horizontally. So I could stand at the bottom of a five-story building with a character that doesn't fly or doesn't do anything cool and punch you on the roof of it as long as you were horizontally within you know, whatever, whatever range. range. Um, so, you know, crossbones can stand at the bottom of the building and punch Spider-Man standing on top of it, which 
there's probably a way you can justify it, but it, it just, it's a really simple mechanic in a game terms, but it just takes a little bit of adjusting too, because you only ever look at things on that horizontal plane. And that's different to every other game we've played. Yes. Yeah. It's, and then, you know, the same deal with, um, you know, cover and line of sight. So things block line of sight if they're your height or bigger, but it, it ends up at a stage where you can have two models of different heights standing at either side of a piece of terrain and one can see the other and the other can't see the first one because of the way terrain works. It's There's a couple of those really kind of, you know, they've, they've stepped out the rules really logically, but that logic doesn't necessarily translate into what you can imagine would happen in real life. Which is, yeah, it's just something to get used to. Ultimately, though, it's a game mechanic, right? They've done it for the purpose of the yeah. game. Just play by the rules, people. Um, so, <laughs> can we vaguely remember what actually happened in our game? Well, I have a turn-by-turn, you know, blow by blow. summary. Oh. Yes, yes. So, I, I did make a lot more notes for this than I did for Blood. All right. So, Lead on. Uh, turn one. So, admittedly, a lot of these notes are kind of focused on my guys, yeah. but let's go, let's go with it. So, turn one, um, I sort of charged Ghost Rider right into the middle mm-hmm. of the board. He um, took a swipe at someone. I forget who it was. I think it might have been Black Panther mm-hmm. and was rolling seven dice and ended up hitting for one damage, which I thought was a great way to start a game. I like it. Um, yeah. Then Wolverine, uh, Wolverine jumped onto one of the cube pieces, and I thought, I looked at them thinking, okay, well, cube pieces are going to hurt me. So Wolvie has his regeneration. So at the end of his activation, he's going to heal too. Uh, Venom has a way of getting health back from hitting somebody with one of his special moves. So they were the two I wanted to focus on the cube. Mm-hmm. So Wolvie ran and gro- grabbed a cube. Venom ran and grabbed a cube. Cyclops sat next to an objective um, and with his little beam of light, he uh, did another damage to Black Panther. So you, however, were picking up pieces and standing next to other objectives. So the score at the end of turn one was three to five in your favour. So from my end, I had... It turned out that... um, some decent movement. Uh, so Black yeah. Panther's got some legs on him. And uh, so Shuri sat back on sort of one of the objectives near me. Captain Marvel went wide and again, she's flying and going pretty quick. So she she jumped on objectives pretty quickly and grabbed a little cube piece. And then Black Panther and Okoye kind of legged it up the guts um, as well. So yeah, there was, it was pretty good. Um, it could spread. I said score was pretty close. And the thing that I got very early from this is that a lot of dice were rolled. Like we were rolling dice that had, you know, seven, you know, dice to an attack. And most of your defenses were, you know, threes. Uh, you were in defense, but you were still not doing stupid amounts of damage. Like you could see how the the wound profiles of sixes and stuff like that actually meant a character could stick around if you played them well. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought 
I thought that was a, a really nifty balancing act that most times, A, yes, you would be doing damage. The odds are in the favor of the person attacking most of the time, but you're probably doing, you know, ones and twos more than you're doing sixes and eights kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I picked that up pretty quickly and thought that was that was a nifty little somehow they've balanced that. Yep. It was, yeah, it was really interesting to watch because it did seem from the idea that, you know, you're rolling a lot more dice in attack than you are in mm-hmm. defense. So, but overall throughout the game, there was not an awful lot, an awful lot of times that we were doing those truckloads of damage. No. And I think it kind of, it only happened sort of once or twice on each of our turns. So, yeah. And I mean, it does probably lend itself to the the swingy nature of got dice games in general. Um, you know that they never quite roll average, so you have that those swingy moments. But equally, I think that kind of you know it, it leads to a little bit of the cinema as well. Um, but they've done a really good good job of sort of going All right. Well, the the odds are you're going to be rolling more attack than defense dice, so you're probably going to get some damage through. Um, mm-hmm. But between abilities and all, all that other kind of kind of jazz, you're probably not going to be getting that many through that you're going to just be deleting. Like it, it's pretty hard to go full murder fest and just remove models. Um, and then they still get the option, you know, or the, the option, but they still have that, you know, mechanic where they flip over onto the day side and they come back next round anyway. So you have to do it twice, even if you manage to pull off something crazy. Um, yep. It just keeps people involved in the game, which I'm a big fan of. Yeah, absolutely. Turn two. Uh, turn two. So Ghost Rider decided to have a bit more of a go. So he had a, a beam mm-hmm. attack, which would take out anyone in the beam. I managed to do three damage to Black Panther. And I've got here that met him dropping it two cubes. Yep. So, so that, right? that would have dazed him at that point in time. You did a couple mm-hmm. to him last turn. Um, yeah, so the he five was, all he was holding that. a cube, so he did himself some damage, and then you've knocked him with that one, um, yep. which means he drops the cubes as well. Yeah. Um, and then that beam, after doing three damage to Black Panther, did no damage to, and I'm going to pronounce her name wrong, Akaya? Yep. Yep. Nice. So then I proceeded to um, punch her with a normal hit and did five damage. And that's enough. So, so she was also yeah. also dazed at that so, point in time. So then Ghost Rider all of a sudden picks up two cube pieces and is looking a bit better. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Killmonger has managed to head his way into Venom mm-hmm. And manages to daze Venom. So Venom was going down a lot quicker than I hoped he would. I was pretty surprised by this. Um, but he's a bit of a bit of a kill machine. Who would have thought Killmonger? I I, I reckon Killmonger was probably your MVP. He, he did well. Um, he so, did very well. And I've heard good things about him. This is off the back of... So he's got one uh, ability... With charges, he basically move and then make an attack. Happy days. Um, he's got an ability to uh, re-roll attack dice for some reason, and then he's if you make an attack against the same model a second time, so you use two actions or you do something, um, 
you get to add extra dice to it. So there's a chance of doing more damage if you focus on someone. And I found being yep. able to do an ability to, to move and attack to get you in a range and, and do something and then attack him a second time just with one of your regular ones um, with some extra dice, significant amount of damage could be put out. Yes. Yeah, he was he was a beast. Um, and somebody that I tried to, to focus a bit on when I could. Um, so that was the, pretty much the end of turn two and scores at the end of that were seven apiece. Mm-hmm. So turn three, in comes Captain Marvel yes. and Ghost Rider gets dazed. Yep. Rocket punch. Yeah. Um, Cyclops then manages to push Captain Marvel away using his little beam yep. thing. Venom is no longer dazed and runs into Okoye and gets rid of her. Yeah. Deletes. Yep. Deletes Okoye off the board, which was great. Um, Black Panther then turns around and does the same thing to Venom. So (laughs) I'm down to three guys. You're down to four guys. Uh, End of turn three, we're looking at 12 to nine in my favor. So first to 16, 12 to 9. So we're getting there. You know, Wolvie holding on to his yeah. cube pieces. Um, and, like, this is only turn is. three and we're almost, you know, hit our scores. So yeah, it was a relatively yeah. quick game. You can imagine that if we knew what the fuck we were doing. Um, <laughs> it would be yeah. quicker. Uh, turn four, Wolvie turns around and is fairly close to Killmonger. Having seen what he's just done to Venom, he unleashes with 13 dice in two attacks <laughs> for a total of one damage. He should have absolutely annihilated. <laughs> well, those times when the dice just doesn't want to This is probably my point about the swingy nature of dice games in general. But anyway. Yep. So Killmonger turns around goes, right, okay. That thing you just tried to do to me. I'm going to do it to you. Yeah. And bang. Yeah. Wolvie's dazed, drops a couple of cubes. Um, Captain Marvel dazes herself. That's right. From holding on to she some cubes. She held cubes for too long. Yeah. Those cubes are a hell of a drug. That's it. Uh, Ghost Rider tries to do his beam thing again and runs onto an objective. And Black Panther charges into Cyclops and knocks him off the, the objective that he's been focusing on for a while yep. so first to 16 points as we said mm-hmm. end of turn four 15 to 14 Fuck, that's close love yep. it close and very close to the end of the game so we're turning around we, we know this is it you know we've got one more round left in us but things that were looking in my favor are no longer in my favor. So Wolvie had a couple of pieces of cube, um, which he dropped when he got dazed, uh, which of course Killmonger picked up. Um, uh, Cyclops is no longer on his, his objective. Things like this was just not yeah, looking good. First so. ride is parking on an objective. You know, it's going to be pretty impossible for him to get to, but that's still only one. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, turn five, Ghost Rider swings out, takes out Shuri, swings back into his objective. Um, and it was, this was my, basically my last hurrah. Mm-hmm. 
So I obviously had priority as I had from turn two. <laughs> I could have activated Wolverine mm-hmm. to try and take out King- Killmonger first and then get those cubes back. And But half of me just wanted to try this out. So Wolfie, when he gets dazed, flips over and he's got less health. So he's seven on his normal side, five on his dazed yep. side. But on his day side, when he attacks, he gets to add one dice for every wound that he's taken. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, I really want to see that happen. So I thought, okay, well, I could try to take out Killmonger first or I could see if I can survive a hit first. If I can live through this, yeah. then I'm, I'm bringing back yeah. some pain. I like it. Yeah. So did the Ghost Rider thing, Killmonger turns around... And those extra couple of dice from focusing on Wolverine just yeah, paid off. Wolverine goes down. That's pretty much it. End of turn five. I score 16, but you, you've jumped from 14 to 22. Yep. So, I mean, so, that it's first to 16. So close, right to the end. No, it was, and it was good fun. And it was like, I, I think, oh, yeah. you know, at that stage, going into that last turn, going, oh, We've got a fair idea. Unless something absolutely crazy happens, mm-hmm. um, this is probably a, a Sean deal. But, it, you know, it forced us at that point in time to go, what happens if we both get to 16 at the same time? And then what mm-hmm. what, what are the countbacks? Like, how, how does this play out? So it was interesting to then have to, or, you know, force us to go through and go, right, we're at a stage where we could draw. What happens in a draw? Um, mm-hmm. and, and go through all that stuff. So... I mean, that was the game in a nutshell. There was a couple of things that we didn't do. Um, as I said before, at the start, you, you start with theoretically a, a roster of 10 characters and some, um, you know, tactics cards that we just skipped because first game too hard. Focusing on, yeah, working on Let's the game just, rather than everything. Let's not add too much bullshit in and realistically I didn't have 10 characters I wanted to run. I was happy just to run a few I had painted and, and see what they happened. There was definitely those moments throughout the game where I went, oh, that's how that ability is supposed to work and that's why I should have had that model there and done X, Y, and Z instead, um, which is fine. Like that's kind of what these games are, are for. But That's what any game's for. Overall. Yeah, you've, got, you've got to learn your models. Yeah. And what they do, so, and you're not going to do that until you're in no, a game completely. So, overall thoughts. Overall thoughts. Well, I think I said to you after the game that I had been really trying hard not to buy more models before I'd played. After I'd played, yep. it's even harder not to buy more models. I mean, I only own five models, yep. so getting that ten for your sideboard or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. they call it is I'm only halfway there. All of my guys, I mean, my minimum cost is four points. Um, so they're all mid cost guys. So I'm not going to get too many of them anyway, but I'm still looking so, at extra I mean, models. And- so I, I bought Thor and Valkyrie after that game. Um, You've already expanded. Yes. I am still considering, uh, but you know, I've got to get. Like, it's it's a matter of for me. So there's a couple of. The game was fun. 
The game was really good fun, really simple, really enjoyed it. There are a couple of negatives. Mm -hmm. First of all is that the models themselves are not the best sculpts. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple which I really like. So all the ones that I bought have been ones that I really like the models of. There are other models of other characters that just seem kind of eh. like um, there's a pack coming out with Black Bolt in it. Black Bolt is an amazing character, like such a detailed and such an interesting character in the Marvel world. The model looks horrible to me. So Medusa looks amazing, but anyway. Some of the some of the models look great. Some of them, I'm like, I like that character, but I don't really like that. No, model. and it's really interesting. I think that they're they're trying to find a balance because a lot of these characters have been invented and reinvented and redrawn, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you look at you know, especially like the X Men is a classic one between the, the um, comics, between the cartoons, between the movies, mm-hmm. like which. Which one do you pick? Which iteration do you go? So with? that's really tricky, but which is fine. I don't mind when you choose an iteration, but like make it better. Some of these models look very dynamic and very cool, and some of them just don't yep. to me. And it's just that's the personal preference. No, absolutely. Right? The other thing that gets me too is, I mean, you you don't need too many models, but. But they're not cheap models. No. So you're looking anywhere, say, from 50 to 70 bucks, 80 bucks for two mm-hmm. models. Whereas, let's use, I don't know, Malifaux for an example. You buy a, a box for, what are boxes, 100 mm-hmm. bucks? 90 bucks, yeah, 100 bucks, something yeah. like that. And that, that can do you for that's, a game that's, that's that can be a crew. I mean scarily and I hate using the comparison but I mean look at the necromancer stuff we picked up so that's games workshop prices that's true and 10, 10 models for 70, 70 bucks. bucks and so when you're doing you know two models for that price um and mm. yes they're a little bit you know larger scale and you know magneto has some terrain pieces in there but, but come on guys it's it's a it's a pricey investment for what is a it very is. small return. And then, I mean, the matter then, of course, is that if you're into comics like I am, like, where do you draw the line? Because with that sort of price point, you've got to draw the line mm-hmm. somewhere. So, you know, X-Men is my big thing. I like Venom, I like Ghost Riders, so that's why I got those models. But X-Men are the ones that I started reading Marvel comics with. So they're always going to be a bit of a favorite. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at, you know, there's a beast mystique pack. There's a Magneto toad pack, which I'm looking at. There's a Mr. Sinister coming down the line and there's Deadpool who could very easily be done up as Mm X-Force. But you've got to go, okay, well, I can't get everything. You know, if I want these models in my team that gives me 15 points i need two more points you know i do i want to go out and buy you 
you know, Shuri, for example, who is a good two point cost yeah. character. But then that's another box. This so. is it. And so the other the other half of this I'm finding, so one of the affiliations I'm really keen on yes. is A Force. <laughs> so the the She Hulk kind of all female girl power kind of tribute band. But you look at the pairings, right? And I'm looking at the boxes that I want if I wanted to fill out that affiliation. I want Gamora but not Nebula. I want Valkyrie, but not Thor. I want Wasp, but not Ant-Man. And that's the way they're all paired. I want Black Widow, but not Hawkeye. Um, if I want to stick within that um, affiliation, I mean, obviously you can use some of those extra models. You don't have to stick all within affiliation or anything, but I probably will. Um, I mean, you do get added bonuses in-game for having more than 50% in one particular affiliation. Um, I don't know. Did you even do no. that? So okay. the yeah. things that would have happened, it would have been Black Panther's leadership ability and the um, affiliation cards that I could have used that we didn't use. So yep. in our game, it didn't make a difference. Um, but I'm just kind of a, a sucker for... I, I like that's your I, thing. I like even within like armies and factions and games and things like that. I like being able to say I'm going to play this niche faction within a faction kind of deal and limit myself to to this group of models. And that's part of it is just you know part of the the theme and the fun of, of Billy. And part of it's also how do how do you draw a line around what I'm going to buy and what I'm not going to buy. Um, so I mean. And I've known that about you since I th- pretty much since we met. Like I still remember you getting excited about the fact that I wanted to play Malifaux, but I wanted to play Teddies and and things like that. Yeah. I wanted my you know my crew that I first really built for Malifaux was all based around Black Blood, mm-hmm. and that was my theme. And I'm like, I don't really care if it works, but that's the way I want to yeah. go. No, love it. So it's always been a thing. Very much. And I feel like this is one of those games that has enough of a mechanic that rewards it, but actually doesn't force it on people. So you do get the choice, mm-hmm. which I, I really like. Um, and I'm probably just going to force myself into those little holes. But yeah, purchase wise, it means that I would theoretically buy a bunch of stuff that I don't, I don't need. Like mm-hmm. Black Bolt Medusa. I want Medusa. I don't want Black Bolt. Um, I want Black Bolt. Not that sculpt. I want him to look better. And then there's just the sculpts that are downright disappointing. Like, you know, I I would like Domino, but I don't particularly want that sculpt. I think Mystique was a miss. Um, Mystique wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything. All the things it could be. Right hand. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's, it's those ones that sometimes it's like, oh, I want this model. I like this character, but I don't particularly like that sculpt. Um, it's, yeah, it's an interesting little piece, but there's also the other dangerous piece here is how much stuff is coming out, how much stuff is being announced, what's going on. Um, they are all over this game. They're doing, they're doing lots. It's dangerous. Um, I think for me, the core, the core idea of the game I'm keen on, like I like it, it was fun to play. It was simple enough to play. I would like to touch on it a little bit deeper and play the sideboard mm-hmm. and play the additional tactics cards and kind of 
play the full game and just see what that changes. Well, that's the other thing too with the cards. And I'm not 100% sure how this works, but I bought, what did I buy? I bought Venom, I bought Ghost Rider, I bought Wolverine and Cyclops. Uh, sorry, Wolverine and, and Sabretooth and Cyclops and Storm. Mm-hmm. So that's four packs. So I got cards in each of those. So those cards then, I'm assuming, are different to the cards in other yep. packs. So then how much of an LCG aspect you know, going back to the whole underworld scene. Uh, yeah. How much do you have to buy to comp- to stay competitive? Yep. Like, is there a card in Ant-Man and Wasp, for example, just taking something no. random, that is the be-all and end-all card, but those characters are shit? Yeah. So how many people are buying boxes just for the cards? Yep. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of fundamental issues with and i think if you if this is your game 100 percent, you are just gonna buy them all anyway like it's not even a problem but for those people who especially those people like us who are going to dabble and going to play a bit and play something else and come back and they do that and don't don't want to have to you know collect them all to play um there is probably a level of frustration there or you just this claim is, ignorance and don't even look at what you haven't got. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely not a Pokemon game for me. It's not a catch em all It's too expensive to be for one. Um, and if the models were better, then I'd probably be more tempted. Mm-hmm. And this is also like I'm, part of my brain is comparing these models to the Knights models mm-hmm. for Batman. And those models were just, they all seem to be so good. Whereas these ones, I look at some of them and just go, no, I'm not keen. And look, I'm also noticing just like on a a quality, and Knight's models had similar but different issues um, Mm -hmm. in that the actual sculpt quality was a bit shit. But um, the detail on them is a little, like they're bigger models. They're like that 40 mil model, right? But the detail is actually finer and not well defined and, and that kind of stuff as well. So it's that little bit harder to paint. They are clearly still finding their feet as far as cutting up models to fit on sprues and assembly and stuff, because there is stuff that is being assembled that should not need to be assembled. Why am I putting the lower jaw on each of Shuri's gauntlets um, as separate pieces? And the only bit I appreciate out of this is there's a few of those stupid bullshit pieces that shouldn't be pieces, but they actually give you extras because they expect you to lose them. They're that small. Um, (laughs) So I think that there's still little pieces like that where some of the sculpts are a little bit janky. Some of the quality is a little bit out there and then they're a little bit harder to assemble as well. Um, you know, I'm watching a lot of people bitch about the fact that everybody stands on a rock. Um, <laughs> that is true. They're all, they, they all have a tactical rock. Um, I don't necessarily mind that so much. I think, you know, if that's just what they need to do to make the model look a little bit dynamic and stick to the base. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is a significant investment when you think about it for what you get back. That being said, I will say that the core box game 
is actually pretty good value for what you get in, in that. It's really good. You value. get the ten models, really so you good. get a full sideboard. I mean, you may not want to use those models, which is a whole thing. And I find that the sculpts in that are a little bit jankier again than the other ones that they brought out. They were kind of the first ones they did. Um, but you also get a bunch of terrain to start with, um, a whole bunch of you know the tokens and the how to play book and dice and shit as well. Um, but for the you know 120 bucks, yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty solid. Um, but then again, it's also that that's almost the default. This is how you start playing the game. You need to buy this 120 box with 10 characters that you may or may not want um, just to, to pick up kind of the, the base set of stuff that you need. Yeah. And it's just, there is so much in the Marvel Universe. Like, like you said, there's, there's so much coming out. But because there is so much for them to draw on, it, it seems like they're sort of it's, it's kind of like shotgun blasting, so a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So X Men was Wolverine, Cyclops, Beast, Storm. That's a, was there anyone else? No, and then you've got you know uh, on the other side of the fence, you've got uh, Mystique, Magneto, Toad. Yeah. Um, so you got four X Men, yeah. right? Who come in three boxes, mm-hmm. whereas the old uh, Night Miniatures again did the the Marvel game, mm-hmm. which was their version, their Marvel version of the Batman yeah. game. Um. Their X Men box for pretty much the same price as one of these boxes: Wolverine, Cyclops, Rogue, Colossus. Yeah, and God, yeah, give me a give me a good Colossus model like, for for this game, please. Yeah, uh, and then there were other things, you know. So they had they seemed to have for a much short shorter lived game. They seemed to have a bit more options for the teams and i think that's but i also think i mean it's early days they're clearly just bringing out bits and pieces of everything as well so you know we're looking at a few of the releases coming down the line they're expanding the the spider-verse or the sinister six they're getting you know a few more of the symbiotes um plenty of other stuff coming out which i like also i'm a little bit fascinated by the idea that you can have multiple versions of the same character not on the same team but in the game so there's multiple peter parkers or there will be um Mm -hmm. there's a couple of natasha's um you know there'll be a potentially a falcon and then a falcon captain america um that kind of stuff is is kind of cool the options are huge like. But that's probably adds to the terrifying nature of the Pokemon approach. <laughs> True. And I don't know. I mean, it sounds to me, to myself, my voice in my head sounds like I'm bitching about this game. Um, whereas I just had a shitload of fun playing mm-hmm. it. It it just means that like maybe I'd, I'd like it to be easier for me to play a bit more. I, I'd also, you know, I'd really appreciate the option to be able to either buy singles um, of models mm. or give me, give me a, a faction pack that has five models in it. That kind of deal. Yeah, give me a hundred buck team pack. You can do it in the starter box. Yeah. Just do like half of that for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, five models. Give me, give me Colossus, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Cyclops, Storm. Yeah. You know, 
and I'd be a very happy man. Yeah, I, I should be able to pick up the Wakandans in a box. Um, yes, that exactly. kind of stuff. It, it, it actually wouldn't be too hard to do a core Avengers pack or a core um, Asgardians pack or something like that. Anyway, um, I feel like that's, but that's also really playing into my desire to keep the team together and play those real themey kind of factions. But you're you're not alone no. in that. Um, or give me singles. That that would work as well. Just let me buy individuals. Um, that being said, look, as it says, we finished that game. I went out and bought more stuff. I bought Thor and Valkyrie um, because I wanted to round out my 10 model A-Force roster. Um, so that is now, th- I've now had a thing where I could play a full 10 model roster with A-Force and Wakanda as the two possible affiliations and have options for, for different objectives and stuff that I would probably just still play the models I wanted to play. But I, I yeah. theoretically could do it by the rules. And I'm keen to, to give it a go and just play the full version of the game um, a bit and just see what it's like, maybe get a few games in. It'd be interesting to play some different people with some different models just to see what different shit did. Um, but again, I feel like this game as much as there is a super competitive scene and all kinds of thing is kind of a really fun beer and Skittles, throw some dice, throw some terrain at each other. Like it definitely struck me as one that I would love to play more, yeah. but not competitive. Yeah. I just want to play party games. I, I just want to, you know, throw cars at each other and do stupid shit and it, it'd be fun. Um, I, the couple of the the ultimate encounters they've got where you can kind of team up against Ultron or Hulk or, or something. That'd be fun. Um, yes. Yeah, I feel like this is this is that game where the different variants actually would work really well. I think it'd make for a fun enforcer yeah. brawl. Just single model multiplayer. Yes. Let's do stupid shit. Oh god, enforcer brawl, that's been a long time since drinks. We need to get that, yeah. that happening. Anyway, overall, impressed with the game. Want to play it more. Wish I had more money to. Yeah. Or. You know, wish I wish I had more money. I wish I had more money yeah, so well I could then. commission my own sculpts for the characters I wanted. Um, yes. Anywho. Um, I do need to talk to you about some 3D printing soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm intrigued. Anyway. Anyway. Marvel Crisis Protocol. If you want to play it, play it. If you want some opponents who just want to play for shits and giggles, yep. that's what we're all about. Definitely a worthwhile game. Definitely a lot of fun. Um, definitely one I'll be playing again. Yes. Besides all the bitching of no, as a, the only the only challenge is is how hard it is to buy in at the level that you mm. want to buy in. You kind of have to just go with their approach and spend the money that they want you to spend, which is the only frustrating thing. That being said, it's you know you need ten models to to play the game, so it's not actually you don't need an army of the bastards. You're not spending thousands. No, true. I've just realized, and and in my head, I've just clicked as to why I have such an issue with the cost, and it's because I love collecting things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And this is why I have almost every Underworlds team <laughs> because I just like having them all. And I can't do that with this one. <laughs> so, that would be a poor idea. Yes, no. I would not have a house to come home to, I don't think. Anyway, that's about it. Um, unless you have anything else you want to say on the game? No, I think that's pretty much summed it in. I mean, I think it's it's got some options. It, it probably actually plays competitively pretty well. Um, I just, mm-hmm. I'm at that stage where I just don't give a shit. Um, if it does or not. And I'm almost at that stage where the amount of competitive content that is produced, because it's frankly easier to produce, actually dissuades more people than it encourages. So, cool story. Um, it's it's Honestly, it is fun painting up char- like the characters because, you know, you get to there and paint Spider-Man or Captain America or that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, so that's actually kind of fun, even just for having in the cabinet kind of deal. Um, but it's a simple enough game that I think we are going to be able to just pick it up and play whenever the hell we want, which I'm super keen on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm happy. Um, we normally wrap it up with a what's on. Um, I know I am back on Facebook, but... <gasps> not for any particular reason other than I needed to link Facebook to a few other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't actually jumped on. So All right. Hobby Homies, we'll talk about that yep. first. Uh, autumn competition. If you are keen on a really good Geelong-based podcast, they are 10 times better than we are, and they put out a lot more content so much than more we content. have been doing. <laughs> no part um, of it. But- anyway. Yeah, I know. Jump on, have a listen. Their autumn competition that they're doing at the moment is a really simple one. So you don't have to do a shitload of terrain. You don't have to come up with some diorama. It's one model, any size, your choice, but it's autumn-based. So the basic colours have to be brown, yellow, orange. You can do any combination. You don't have to do equal amounts. Doesn't have to be only those colours. It you know, there's definitely. It's just they recommend not being only it's those just colors, he- hero boring. those colours is basically the the concept. Yeah. Anything you want to do, any size, any scale, do it whatever the hell you want, and you have finally enough for the entirety of autumn to do that. Yeah. So two more months, plenty of time for for one more. And like you know, like we said earlier, I got mine done within. Within a week, so. I've chosen mine so far. I've also I've also managed to con two of the people at work into doing the competition, Wah-ha. one of which has been doing a phenomenal job and shits all over mine. But she's pretty much done. The other one is still thinking about what he's going to do. I think he's still painting Necrons, so he'll get to it hopefully. But yeah. I mean, easy competition to enter, very little outlay on your part apart from a bit of time. Yep. And even that's up to you. And it'd just be cool to see yeah. a bunch of different entries, see what people come up with, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for all those details, check the Hobby Homies Facebook page. Um, that's probably the easiest place to find it all. They've got an event set up. You can just do it. You basically throw a picture of it unpainted and then you throw a picture of it painted. <laughs> Ta-da. Um other st- other stuff that is happening. 
um, in no particular order because I did a mad scramble while we were having a break because um, I remembered <laughs> that this is a thing that would that I left it all up yeah. to you. Um, so a few things happening over at Throw the Dice. Um, he's running at the moment. Rich is running a painting comp for Infinity. Uh, the game it's basically mm-hmm. one model of a size i'm not entirely sure what size it is because it's like a number and that number locates to something in the game so i don't know what that means um i think it's not not a you just paint just stuff. just pick a model and paint it don't make it one of the giant big stompy ones i think they're too big um and in typical rich fashion he's decided that every model has to also have razor wire somehow incorporated into the base or model or something. So you just put an extra or hair. Yeah. Look, that's, you could use your hair to create the razor wire. Um, that is currently running as far as I know. I was thinking of your razor wire as the hair. Ooh, as the I like model. it. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of, there you go. Free options. So many options. Um, so that is, as far as I know, currently running. Um, he's also got a couple of things going on. They actually ran uh, an Infinity One Day today, but he's got on the 3rd of next month, the Lord of the Rings Day, um, a bit of an event happening there. I think it's called Second Breakfast. And um, an it. Age of Sigma thing on the 10th of April, which, again, I we have a feeling may actually be full, but would be cool to get down and just see some hobby and stuff going on. So he's pumping along over at throw the dice check the facebook page again for all that info um target acquired which are the local guys that run a bunch of mainly 40k style events they've got a 30k event on 12th of 6th june um and then the big one is the geelong town open um which i have a feeling is getting close to full um but that is kind of their big 40K event uh, that, from memory, is in July. Um, and I may have to get along there because they've asked me to help uh, with the paint scoring for that one and paint judging. Ooh. So, I'm, yeah, fun. I might get along to that and, and sort of have a bit of a, a thing. But the Geelong Town Open, again, Target Acquired, check the Facebook page. They've got all the details for everything on there. Um, uh, the Geelong Town Open, I think, is kind of the big the big one for around these parts for 40k other stuff that is happening so um at garf there the one i wanted to call out they they've got the regular monthly nights and whatnot and that's all cool but they have on the 18th of april a dungeons dragons painting day um, but effectively, everyone who goes and joins in on this one not only gets the model, but they're getting like a dozen paints and a couple of brushes and a water pot and shit as part of it. So, um, oh wow, yeah. So, got the after long Facebook page has got the details for that one, but it's basically a, a come in intro to paint type session, um, and there, uh, yeah, everyone involved gets a whole bunch of shit as part of that. So that one is definitely worth getting into, and rescheduled. Um, the Arcane Paintworks uh, Beginners Display Painting course in Geelong uh, has been shuffled back to the 19th of June. Um, just life and everything gets in the way of things and everything got reshuffled. And uh, so I would thoroughly recommend if anyone is looking to up their paint gain, and I know it says Beginners display but what we really mean there is you've been painting armies forever and you're actually probably pretty good at painting armies or you're not who gives a shit 
but you want to take your painting a little bit further and you actually want to paint a model and be proud of it rather than paint an army and it look good on a table. How do you take army style painting and move it into or, or start thinking about what would it take to move this to display style painting um so meg goes through you know color theory she goes through techniques she goes through um you know a, a whole bunch of different stuff um different paints and tools and everything from cleaning up the model right through to to painting it it's a two-day thing um stupid amounts of knowledge information value and coaching that you'll get over that one so if anyone is vaguely interested in that um definitely head over to the arcane paintworks facebook site for for those details and sign up to that one the only other plug i really wanted to give um and this is because a mate of mine has been working on it for the last god knows how long but um the games workshop uh, PC game Adeptus Titanicus Dominus mm-hmm. uh, released yesterday today so a couple of days ago by the time this is released um, so it's on Steam it is relatively cheap but it's basically Titan shoot 'em up so uh, as I said mate of mine's been on that that team the guys at Membrane Studios have been developing that for Games Workshop for the last however long Um there is a campaign mode, there is a multiplayer mode. Uh, you basically put together your team of Titans and uh, they were very avid um, Epic and Titan Legion players back in the day. So it's very true to the the tabletop experience as well um, with all the benefits of you know, animations and stuff exploding. So check out Adeptus Titanicus Dominus on uh, Steam as well if you're that way inclined. Awesome. That's all the stuff I had. No, that's pretty good. That's more than the one I had. So that's good. <laughs> You're doing your job with your Facebooking and networking. In the, in, looking in, at stuff. in the five minutes we had a break. Yeah. In the interwebs. Cool. Well, I think we've been going on long Fuck, enough. This is nearly going to be three hours. Yeah. Um, Nobody's still on. Nobody's still listening. It's fine. Um, if you are by some chance, uh, by all means, give us a follow on Facebook, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, whatever you're listening to this on. Um, if you want to leave us a review, that's great. If you want to leave us comments on the Facebook page, that's probably even better because we'll read them. You know, we'll read them. Um, give us some, you know, your experience with Marvel Crisis because. We've we've definitely had an experience with mm-hmm. it, and yeah, if you can tell us if you can drop those bloody cosmic cube pieces, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, as always, when we get the rules wrong or we don't know what we're doing, just correct us, guys. That'd be great. We're... Please, yeah. And then one day we'll get them right. Doubtful. Anyway, doubtful. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Is all. Later. Animal, animal.